0: Fire in the hole, Jason.
1: Fire in the hole. Captain's log, supplemental. <laughs> i finally reached that stage where we can just keep saying supplemental. Hmm. I love that about Captain Kirk. He just didn't give a fuck after, after a couple episodes and just like, Star date, uh, fuck it. <laughs> supplemental. Who gives a shit? You just wish you could do that for things. You're like, hey, uh, how's it going, Joe? Uh, supplemental. Hmm. <laughs> like just fill it in with the usual bullshit that you're not really to give you. And just say yes or no, and it doesn't matter. And <laughs> I'll see you next week, <laughs> right? So uh, yeah, man, we had uh, Mr. Eric Jean, uh, our, our returning uh, guest, heroic slash epic host. <laughs> so uh, our man Jean, as I like to call him, yeah, uh, Ericlees, A.K.A. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting something epic. Yeah, that's another name we used to give him. But yes, Eric uh, gracefully joined us today to discuss a wide. Range of topics, of, of which Trump, of course, was one of them. But was, yeah. once again, it seems he's haunting our dreams <laughs> in our podcast. But we did do some other things, right? We did talks about some other stuff. Yep. And we we're we, on the list. What, yeah, let's let's do it. What did we talk about?
0: We talked about Michael Bolton.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, a I'm eating
0: a fair amount of Michael Bolton, romance novels, and Fabio.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, as you can see, closely related to uh, Michael Bolton, of course.
0: Right. Some movie talk and uh, naval battles.
1: Naval battles. Very important. Yeah. Hmm. The real ones and the new ones that you've invented. Yes. Indeed. So um, we, uh, we also talked about, I think, a little bit about his thesis. He talked about um, uh, adaptation, mm-hmm. Kuro Kurosawa movies, Shakespeare... Right.
0: What else? Social class. We talked a lot about social class. Oh,
1: that's right. We reflected on that uh, conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think we also talked a little about um, walking with a cane. Ah, walking with a cane. Yes, mm-hmm. which I've had to be had to do today due to mm-hmm. back problems. But yes, we had a great time, as we always do with Eric. And uh, this is one of those, you know, mixed bag, kick back and relax and enjoy the show types
0: quintessential fire in the hole, i would say
1: i would say some would say Mm, some would say some would say i might be included in those i might also one could suppose that one such as i could in fact find themselves in a position to agree one could (laughs) and one should
0: and one should arguably one should
1: fire in one's hole
0: fire in all of the holes
2: (laughs) michael bolton
0: that's me
2: Wow, is that your real name? Yeah. <clears throat> so, are you related to that singer guy?
1: No, it's just a coincidence. Oh. <laughs> no one in this country can ever pronounce my name right. It's, it's not
0: that hard. na Nanajad. Yeah, well, at least your name is Michael Bolton.
2: <sighs> you know, there's nothing wrong with that name.
1: There was. Nothing wrong
3: with it. Until I was about 12 years old and that no-talent ass-clown became famous and started winning Grammys.
1: Hello. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> uh, pretty good. Yourself? I'm okay. Are you?
2: Great. Great.
3: Thanks,
0: thanks. Hi. What's up, Gene? Hey, what's up? Yeah.
2: I, uh, yeah. I'm
3: not playing this weird uh, high school boy meets girl.
2: Oh, hi. <laughs>
1: oh, you, you got it. You got it. Yeah. That's what it was. You just did. Okay. Here's another one. You just no. Uh, <laughs> no. Good to, good to have you back, man.
3: <laughs> it's good to be back, man. Let's have a good time. Third time? time? Fourth. Maybe Fourth fifth time? Time? Fourth time? I don't know. I've lost count. Know. Yeah. Five
1: time. Five time. Five times.
0: <laughs> You're always here in our hearts. That's right. Oh, yeah. thanks.
3: <laughs> thanks. Like Aaron Neville. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: We've had a bit of an Aaron Neville obsession the last couple of weeks. Okay. Uh, I blame Richard mostly. Yeah, it's definitely my fault. Um, but, uh, you know, it's good music. Uh, we were also watching, uh, I sent Richard a video today that I'm pretty fond of. Uh, it's vintage Michael Bolton. Oh, uh, Back when he had the, the, the curly hair, you know, the mane. Okay. And uh, he's doing, I uh, think, uh, which song is it again? Um. You don't know what it's like. He's doing it on stage, and there's all these like cougars. <laughs> and <laughs> They keep cutting to these cougars, like with horrible haircuts, <laughs> oh, but like s- like drooling and uh, swaying, swaying. And there's some guys too, which is always creepy. Mm. Um,
0: it's hard to tell the girls from the guys from that time. At
1: that time, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is solid eighties material. <laughs> Um, it
0: was business up front and party in the back.
3: Yeah, everyone yeah. had that
1: triangle cut around the ears, right? That triangle.
0: Oh, the
3: triangle, the uh, favorite, like the triangle sideburns. Yeah, rather than like the flat. Exactly, mm. that was a
1: thing. You couldn't yeah. have square. You'd have to be triangular and, and angular because that was so cool mm. and futuristic. And mm. um, both Richard and I noticed that uh, there appeared to be in the video because it's kind of like a, a live version, but it's the music yeah. video, right? Okay. And as he's standing on stage, we 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 notice that there's like a, what looks to be a fan, not a fan as like one of his fans, but like an actual propeller sure? fan, uh, set up so it blows in his hair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice.
0: in his wispy, disgusting hair. His wispy, disgusting. <laughs> to give him this like Fabio sort of effect. Oh,
3: nice.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone's it really struck
0: me immediately that's, a, that's the, f- the only thing i saw yeah <laughs> <laughs> and there was a lot going on when i was just, that was really shocking
1: well that me. was a big i mean uh, fake wind has always been a big stage effect right everything uh. from michael jackson uh you know ah, and like the winds blowing him back right but i i never realized that that was a thing with michael bolton and it was pretty funny
0: Well, Fabio was big at the time, I
1: guess. Fabio was huge. We don't understand how big Fabio was. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fabio was even on video game uh, covers. Do you remember that? Which one? Uh, one? It was a Nintendo game. Uh, Sounds familiar. Like a uh, a Barbarians uh, game, like Sword and Sorcery game. Wasn't it it called Barbarians? No, this was like... um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's literally a picture of him. With, but they didn't do anything to his hair. So it's still like the yeah, fabulous yeah. Fa- Fabio hair. But he has like a, mo- like a Conan pose with a sword. Yeah. Uh, so he was everywhere. Fabio oh, was yeah. a fucking big deal. And I remember even seeing a documentary about Fabio. And uh, he's saying how his hair was worth more than he was. <laughs> like his hair was everything. Like that hairdo made yeah. him millions and millions of dollars. And if he had just had like short hair, maybe. Well, we'll how never. many
3: like romance novel covers oh my was God, he true, yeah. on or sort of spoofed on? Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah,
1: yeah, he was the basis of every one of those. Yeah. Was it Harlequin novels? Is that what they were called? Yeah.
3: Yeah, or whatever other kinds, but yeah.
1: Right. Which uh, we could write one right now. We could just come up with one. Okay, so it's a dethroned prince. <laughs> okay. And he's got, let's see. He's cast is cast away, he
3: dethroned, or is he from a now defunct line of aristocracy? He's, he's a defu- yes, it's a defunct so, line. So he's Russian.
1: He's Russian. Okay, mm-hmm. or he's he's no. This is the eighties. You couldn't <laughs> use actual. any he, he was oh. he's from Krakow or <laughs> something, some fake country.
0: He's a wrestler and a chess champion and a chess champion. Yeah,
1: yeah. and uh, he he's he's uh, ship he's shipwrecked <laughs> on an island. Mm-hmm. Left only with his rolled-up khakis and <laughs> his torn-open musketeer shirt and, and his mirror, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know you can imagine the rest. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot of the, a lot of the, the use of the word supple, probably <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, heaving supple uh, bosom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, bosom. Oh, bosom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there were literally thousands of these books. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they're probably uh, they probably moved more units than than actual books. You know, and this at least, though in the '80s and '70s, like this literature was contained, firmly contained within the realm of camp and sort of trash literature, right? Like they were right up there next to Archie's, (laughs) whatever. Fantasy novels (laughs) and fantasy novels to a certain extent. (laughs) Yeah, there was a big fantasy uh, like uh, thing. It was was lady porn. It was lady porn, yes.
0: But you you didn't have to hide it under your mattress,
1: right? It's true. It's socially it
0: acceptable to keep it on your nightstand.
1: Uh huh. And then mom, mom, your mom had some. Your sister had some, <laughs> right? Yeah, I guess. I guess this is nothing new. Oh. Who would Who would have thought one day this would become high high literature and movie adaptations would occur from this type of literature,
0: like Fifty Shades of Grey style? No, we're we talking about Twilight.
1: We're talking about Twilight, <laughs> the Fifty Shades. Well, Fifty Shades to be was fan fiction. Twilight was fan fiction, wasn't it? I have no idea. I think so. I think Twilight fi- fan. Yes. Fan fiction? I think the lady that wrote uh, uh, 50 Shades of Grey was a uh like online message board Twilight freak and wrote this as initially as some kind of Twilight fan fiction story and then it was liked so much that she kind of converted it into a, a separate thing and then it's basically <laughs> it's literally message board literature. Yeah. And wow. There it is. I
0: don't, I don't know anything about that. Popular bad writing is popular bad writing. <laughs> yeah. I read something where there was like a, like a book drive. and They're telling people, please stop giving us copies of Fifty Shades. <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> it's like a picture of like a stack of hundreds of them.
1: Jesus, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't even know what the numbers are on that book, but it was Just a monster. Throw it
0: in the recycling if you're done with it. We don't want it. We don't we can't do anything with Yeah, everybody who wants to read this book already has a copy
1: all the doors yeah. have been stopped that need stopping
0: <laughs> yeah it's kind of a flash in the pan right
1: a massive one and I I don't know if it was bigger than uh, Da Vinci Code and the, the, those books I, I almost I would bet that they, it was hmm. because I don't know because like everybody, everybody had um, to read it I knew right. very
3: little about it I haven't seen the movie I haven't read the book you no, haven't neither.
1: seen the movie Gene that's right me neither uh <laughs> that makes three of us. Why would you want to? That's really? why I
3: know I'm sitting at the right table. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I mean it it kind of merits a watch at some point for hilarity's sake. I well, feel like
3: To be fair, the only reason I haven't watched it is the same reason I haven't watched every other movie. Right, cuz I don't watch movies or not very many, so
1: Yeah, that's always been a thing with you. You you I think what you do is you you choose a film a year. No, or I
3: eventually get around to one <laughs> film a year, and
1: then it's like a DVD. Like you, you want it? You like the well, DVD? Well, the
3: last, the last film I saw was the new Star. Wars. Well, the new, not so new now, but the the most recent Star Wars, and I went um, because I uh, I promised my niece and my nephew that I'd go with them. Okay, and so I was like, well, this one I'm going to want to see. So, all right, I may as well fix a date and go. Um, but otherwise. Like it's not, like a lot of people, they get home, they relax, they have supper, they unwind, they want to watch a movie. Like I don't, I don't do that. Or very, very rarely is it my, like, oh, what I really want to do now is watch a movie or watch TV. Like it just doesn't happen. And most movies that are made that come out in movie theaters, like I'm not giving them 20 bucks to see that latest piece of garbage. So unless there's something I'm really excited about, like I generally won't go.
1: It's very sensible.
3: Unless you or Julian or someone who says, hey, let's go see this movie, then I'll say maybe and then not go.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think like the last memory I have of us going to see a movie and be like, yeah, was uh, Two Towers. Mm -hmm. Lord of the Rings, Two Towers. We may have seen films since then, but, um, but I feel like Two Towers was like we went to see it and it was fun and we had a good time.
0: What was that horrible werewolf movie that we saw? Oh, my God. Wolfman? Wolfman. Yeah, you were were with us when we saw Wolfman. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. We went bowling or something. Yeah. Yeah. That was was horrible. Yeah. That was so bad. That movie
3: should have been amazing. (laughs) It should have been amazing.
1: (laughs) Hugo Weaving. Yeah. Benicio. Benicio Del Toro. Anthony Hopkins. Right? Yeah just for starters, and then a bunch of other guys whose names I forget, but were also good.
3: It's one of those weird things when I think back about it that, like, atmospherically, it was okay. Like, the locations, the shots, the cinematography of, like, how things looked was great. It just didn't work as soon as people started speaking (laughs) and things started happening. But if it was, like, you know, 25 pictures from the movie, you'd be like, that looks great. The sets looks amazing. The costumes look amazing.
1: Well, the trailer is basically what got us yeah. there, right? We saw the trailer, we're like, "What?" Well,
3: that and the fact that like it's a Wolfman movie.
1: Like, yeah, yeah, you know. we're into that stuff. Exactly. Uh-huh. So it, it was, was very disappointing. Yeah, very disappointing. I mean, uh, good 19th century horror stuff is always it's a hit and miss. I think. Yeah. Very few movies have pulled it I off.
3: I think the problem they run into sometimes is they try to make it like they want to make it appeal to kind of a mass market audience so there are things they change and they 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 alter things to make it seem a little more relatable which okay i I can understand but at some point it's just like you're just diluting what you're trying to make like you should yeah when they when they
1: act like when they add like a rock and roll score to to a movie like a period piece movie that that to me always smacks of like some executive interference i feel like
3: you get one like you can have your one if it's really cho- well chosen you can have a piece of recognizable music it should be in the background uh-huh. just enough that someone who's paying attention can go oh shit I, get it. I, I understand think, the connection think oh, it's the
0: monster mash <laughs>
2: it, the only <laughs> it's time it's always the one you're allowed just <laughs> yeah. <the> monster mash <laughs> ironically the
1: only time I've, I've heard modern music in a period piece not be shite is uh, in 300 where they use nine inch nails and it, it, oh, it yeah. somehow worked like the the first 300 or the yeah, the first one yeah yeah, they used a bunch of Nine Inch Nails. And, there was a uh, sequel?
3: Don't they all die? Actually, that- yeah,
1: I saw a sequel. It's uh, Gene. You'd like it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. All right. Yeah, because the pressure's off, right? It's not supposed to be any good. And there's actually some really good nudity. I mean, there's good <laughs> fight scenes. It's easily, it's easily as good as the the first one, I would say. Oh. The novelty of it, obviously, is a bit gone because sure. you know what to expect. But there's some cool action scenes uh there's some naval battles um it happens in a weird parallel with with the 300 storyline okay so this deals with the athenians are you talking
0: about naval as in ships or naval as in belly buttons surrounded by chiseled abs both (laughs) (laughs) thank you
1: (laughs) you see how we how well we work together that's true (laughs) we brought that baby home it's a
0: good thing that precision was brought because
1: fire on the hole Naval warfare uh, in that way would be. Uh, I feel just like a
0: picturing belly button fights. Yeah. I think you have
1: something. <laughs> this could be the next YouTube sensation. Actual naval warfare. Mm. I'm not sure what the rules would be, but uh, it sounds I, like
3: a hit. It sounds to me like a bar game. To be honest, it sounds like yeah. to me like the type of thing that frat boys would play. Like
2: naval battles. Yeah. And they some guy yells it out. Mm.
3: Everybody lines up. They clear some tables. Yeah, I, don't know, I know how the rules work, but it has some. It's a bunch weak, of. Uh, there's a lot of homoerotic stuff going for on. Sure, but no one's gay. and addies. Yeah, and but you know Oh sure. yeah. Innies and Audi. wow. Yeah, pair the innies with that. This Audi's. is getting
1: deep. Yeah. This is mm-hmm. getting deep. I'm telling you, we got something. <laughs> <sighs> I'm so tired. <laughs> so tired.
0: Every single <laughs> time every Richard with your bullshit. Time your
1: shit. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously though, uh it's it's uh it's a good like uh kick back and watch type of thing and it's got uh, evergreen, which uh is worth it every time. <clears throat> All right,
3: well, Maybe I'll check it out at some point. You know, I'm
1: not one of those guys like, "Oh, that actress is in it, hum, hum, hum." But Evergreen is beautiful, and she's a good actress. And as I was explaining to somebody the other day, when she does a sex scene in the movie, it's even if it's like cheesy camp, it always feels like she's running the show. <laughs> okay and i don't remember the last actress I, i've seen where it doesn't look like you know they pressured her into doing a topless scene or whatever it it almost sounds like she and there's like where's my topless scene and she she All wants right. it and she owns it and the guy is kind of the victim <laughs> in this situation <laughs> he's being kind of tossed around and abused
0: the doctor's like you don't need to be topless for this <laughs> oh no, I, I, yeah. I insist
1: i insist my contract
0: but, stipulates
1: my motivation yeah, so, uh, no, it's actually pretty good. Uh, right. um, it's got, you know, blood and swords. Yeah, I like swords. Yeah, and uh-huh. uh, spears and slow motion. All right. And um, speeches, rousing speeches. All right. Uh, with British, vaguely British accents, which I sounds think Sounds like a Shakespeare play. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I see. this is why I was appealing to your, right, uh, yeah. to that side of yours. So. Another
0: situation where you're going to say maybe and not, not do it. Very likely, yeah. <laughs> but it's not because it's not because I'm like oh, I'm just going to tell
3: them what they want to hear. It's like oh no, that sounds interesting, and then other things, other things Life will happen. Yeah.
1: Well, to be fair, movies are not terribly important <laughs> when you in the greater scheme of things.
3: No, they're not. But like, I mean, you mentioned right? It's like my thing. Like, I don't see movies. It's like I don't identify it as my thing. Like, I don't walk around and go, "Hi, I'm Gene." I don't watch <laughs> movies, right? And like, but it's true that I'm I. As long as, as much as it's not imp- like it's not important, I'm always the guy who hasn't seen the film. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. And there's there's kind of a weird like social lubricant factor to people like, oh shit, oh have you seen this movie? Great. And like two strangers who've never met before I start talking about you know, whatever. The uh-huh. sequel to three hundred. And like Hap talks. Yeah. I'm just like, Oh no, I haven't seen it. And then that you can see it in the person's eyes the decision. Do I continue and tell him about the film? Right. Or do I eject, eject, eject? Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is kind of a thing. It's,
3: it's kind of like when people ask me, what do you do? I'm like, I'm studying Shakespeare. Oh, oh come back. No. <laughs> <Like, yeah. laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Don't leave. Yeah. Shakespeare good.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of those subjects that are just social lubricants. Yeah. Yeah. Movies are one of them. Fucking weather.
1: Weather. Oh, God. I'm so tired crazy? of
0: talking about the weather. I, at work, I have... Uh, Conference calls Uh You have all these conference calls From people from all over And every single time Like clockwork It's like Hey so how's the weather over there In your place (laughs) I'd rather be in Cuba (laughs) 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 This whole like Douchey, like prerequisite, like three, three to five minutes of weather talk, three and then you get down minutes. to ben- oh, it's yeah, it's not even
3: like you know ten second, like uh, I don't know what to say here. So how's the weather in Montreal? No,
0: because like, that's the awkwardness of conference calls is that you're yeah. waiting for all the participants oh, to join. Man. So like, there's like two out of seven people, and you're like ah so uh person i don't know how's the weather over wherever the fuck you are i think there should be a rule you're not allowed to have a conference call with someone you haven't
3: shared a beer with because hmm. the moment you've had a beer with someone when you get on that conference call it'll be like hey richard how you doing man you still seeing that girl or you're still like you know you'll have like yeah like, like actual human conversation rather than so how's the weather
1: or the conference calling system just needs to keep everybody in the like elevator music Mm-hmm. Until, the queue, until, until the until everyone's checked in.
3: Oh, it's kind of like the green room with some of these, uh, uh, like uh, multiplayer games, or where like you're waiting for someone to show up until the team is ready, and then you go out and you do your battle
0: with. Like, oh, that would be so much better. That would be better. I'm so yeah. happy I don't have to do conference. Calls.
1: Yeah. It's the same thing Boop.
0: over and over and over again. And you call it ahead of time, like, oh, they're going to talk about the weather. Oh, so it was the weather. What else are you can talk
1: about? I guess it's uh, one of those safe one of those safe kind of starters where no one's found a way to be offended by any of it yet it's it's
3: a time waster it's a way of filling the awkward silence of two or more people sitting together quote-unquote and not saying anything and some people are more comfortable with this than others
0: Hmm. i just wish people who live further south than us would recognize their weather privilege Check their, <laughs> check their weather. Check their, privilege their weather privilege. Weather privilege. Like, brilliant. oh, it's so sunny over here. Well, yeah, well, Fuck you, man. Yeah, well, it's snowing a, here. Hang on, that's a it's different. It's snowing thing. indoors. <laughs> when you're talking about, that's
1: right. That's how we roll, in Montreal. <laughs> snows indoors. When you're talking about, that's another category. Now, the meaningless babble about the weather at the beginning is sort of all right, but it's the coworker. Everyone has that coworker. That uh, the second they're on vacation somewhere. They start oh, uh, spamming the, spamming their Facebook or they, they literally send pictures directly to the, their, mm-hmm. co- their colleagues oh, about yeah. what a fabulous time they're having. You know what?
3: Mm. I love my coworkers. I never think about them when I'm on vacation. Yeah. That's like I legit like the people that I work with. Like I really do. I'd, I'd like go to war for them. Like, I'd, but when I'm on vacation, you guys don't exist. Yeah, you're on vacation from them. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Also, like when I come back, I'll tell you all about it. If you want to see pictures, I'll show you. Hmm. But I don't want to know about your vacation. You shouldn't want to know about mine. Yeah, like I'm really not
0: interested in people's vacations.
3: The picture,
1: the pictures, either. Like I feel rude, but uh, like come and sit and watch the pictures that I took. That's another weird activity, which I'm glad is kind of dead.
3: I have an aunt like that. Every time I see her, it's like look at these pictures. And you're like, I don't even know who these people are yeah like why like i mean i love her to death but like i don't want to watch i don't want to see pictures of. what's your, your payoff here yeah
0: why are you doing this to me <laughs> <laughs>
1: i mean it's either a bunch of I pictures done? of them who and yeah. you know what they look like <laughs> right uh against a tree against uh, on a beach on a beach against uh, i don't know like a little little local ethnic yeah. kid or whatever uh-huh. with a thing in his hair an elephant whatever the fuck uh but you're like, well, I'm just looking at pictures of you. Well, And then you have the uh, amateur fucking National Geographic photographer yeah. <laughs> types, right? And now you're like, I could just Google a way better picture of this yeah. than you took. <laughs> With, without <laughs> a fucking... A without your thumb in it. <laughs> Idiot. I
3: feel bad for anybody who I've shown my pictures to my Kenya trip to. Uh. Oh, wait, <laughs> hang on a
1: second. Kenya is fucking cool.
3: No, no, like I, I, I mean I'm, I'm joking, and the the and people who saw them asked to see them. It oh, wasn't that's a like, big distinction. It wasn't like yeah. sit down, here's some popcorn and a drink, and for the next forty five minutes, I'm going to subject you to a, you know, a, a presentation. Presentation PowerPoint. The people who wanted <laughs> to see them, like they saw them, yeah. but otherwise it was like three or four pictures at most. Like, oh, how was your trip? I'm like, oh, well, here's like two or three pictures. I accept that. You can show me two or three. I'm okay with that. Sure. I think I'd like yeah. to
1: see pictures from people who I would like to travel with. And so if I didn't get to go, I'm like, oh, shit, let me see what you were up to. Or let me see what, what you did over there or whatever. But otherwise. I don't know anybody like that. <laughs> I don't know. Like, the reason I wanted to see your pictures, thanks a lot.
2: <laughs> I love you. The reason I wanted to see your pictures, first of all, was Naval like, battle! Naval <laughs> battle! <laughs> 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 Boop, boop, boop.
0: <laughs> anytime there's controversy on the podcast <laughs> yeah
1: we don't have we only have audio though so it's just going to sound like uh somebody crumpling paper <laughs> <laughs> all that body here anyway moving right along uh yeah you went to see Kenya, dude fucking yeah, lions and easy. shit like that's a vacation like i don't yeah. i need another picture of a fucking all-inclusive hotel room <laughs> in cuba <laughs> like i need a third arm you know like actually a third arm could be cool but the point is yeah that's kind of novel you know it's interesting
3: yeah yeah the picture and the pictures aren't about me and my wife like they're pictures of like look Holy at the shit, fucking I'm lion 7 yeah. feet away from an elephant yeah. like this is pretty amazing yeah but
1: it's real shit yeah. it's real shit but
3: yeah it, it, the rule don't impose your pictures on people
1: it's always disturbing to run into or to meet people even even if you like work 9 to 5 or whatever to if you're not fully into the into the matrix, you know, you got a foot outside of it, mm-hmm. and then to see how you're constantly shocked by people when you realize that not everyone else is like you, and is half in some people are fully in and then when you make like a sort of a, an offhand comment about something you're like, hey, who gives a fuck about vacations, am I right? Am I right? Who am I? And the person just looks at you like, I, I love my vacation, I get two weeks a year, I mean, you just I, shattered my world you shattered my world,
3: I, I get to go to and like see with my family and like I look forward to it all yeah. year.
1: Yeah, and I can't tell if they're happy or they've gone all the way out to desperation <laughs> and back, and now they just have that smile. Like
0: you just criticize the one thing that they have. it's, yeah. like, the, it's like the two weeks of yeah, the year that they get to live.
1: That's kind of what it is, right? Yeah. You want they want you to give them. They, please validate the the fact that I'm working at this job and that's all I care about is but this two weeks. It's an
3: identity thing some people have their identity outside of work they see themselves as i play role-playing games i read books i play guitar that's who i am oh and i also work at a company and earn money to pay for all these things but there are people who are there they identify with their job right like they and so it only makes sense for them that like they want vacation just like the rest of us but they identify the valuable time that they spend most of the time and that they take the most out of as the time they spend at work. I guess
1: that makes sense. It's all appearance, so. anyway. Like, uh, you know, sure. uh, I try not to judge uh, a lot because the fact is, the smallest thing will completely fool you into thinking one thing about a person. Like, I'll give you an example. You both know that I've had back problems for the last couple of weeks. And it got really, really nasty yesterday. And I was like, Jesus, okay, maybe I have to go see a doctor. We'll see about this. In the morning, I wanted to go bring one of my sons to uh, school. And um, the other one's not getting any school. Yeah, fuck the other one. No, No, the other one's in daycare. But the point is, there was like a foot of slush outside, right? Sorry to talk about the weather, Richard. Uh, And I'm like, okay, well, the hobbling is already going to be pretty... Crappy, and I last thing I want to do is a face plant, you know, in this crap, and there's going to be water and ice everywhere. So I took my cane out, and so I have a cane which I got many years ago where I had a really bad period of back problems, and I literally had to walk with this fucking thing for like a week. And it's pretty daunting to do that, right? Like to break out the cane, you're like, fuck, all right, here I am. And now you know that it's you hated weather jokes or you hate weather talk, try. Hey, you're getting old, man. <laughs> you're getting old <laughs> every fucking time. Mm. You're getting old. Hey, what happened? Something happened in the bedroom. <laughs> oh god! You know, just like yeah, the, that guy's extra funny. <laughs> the same three jokes all fucking day, right? Mm. But then another side of it, which is really interesting, is I wasn't like leaning heavily on the cane. It was kind of just there in case I needed a little support or whatever. But uh, immediately everybody looks at you differently when you have a cane. they do yeah it changed everything immediately
0: giving you seats on the on the subway and people were like
1: jumping out of their seats uh the bus every time i take the bus they would like like lower down the bus you know they have that mechanism (laughs) oh yeah to lower it down for people with Uh. wheelchairs and shit and they would like and i'd get a big smile from the bus driver and like hey how's it going what stop are you going to and like it was crazy how much service I got. I think I'm,
3: I think I'm gonna get a cane. Yeah, I'm
1: not kidding. I, Do it as an experiment. Take out a cane one, just lean on it, and just walk around it. Watch the world transform before your eyes. It's true, right? Uh, you get everything from pitiful, like like pitying looks, to uh, I think I, I think I may have even gotten checked out a couple of times. Yeah, which I didn't think was a thing. Oh, no, it's a thing. But like a wounded puppy thing. are the I ultimate guess, maybe. fixer-upper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, there was a brief period of time where I walked with the walking stick that I use for self defense now. That amazing walking <laughs> stick. Yeah. really. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's I'd, right. I'd, I'd hurt my foot, and uh-huh. I, I I used it to walk around a little bit. Okay. So what it's was your experience? It's, it's totally the same thing. People give you eye contact because you're, you're no longer like a threat. I think that was the that 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 was the it? thing, right? As like a you know like a, a fully a physically capable man, you're you're a potential threat. But as soon as you have a cane, everyone's like, they're, they're not yeah. avoiding eye contact with you. They're nice with you. They're smiling at you. They're offering you things and seats. I
3: got free
1: coffee. Yeah. I got free coffee. Hey, Jason, do you have an extra cane? <laughs> <laughs> they're 10 bucks. I could, I
3: could use, I could use a little extra. You can get one at the drugstore.
1: If you want to really go off. even I started to like my cane today. Like I started to actually appreciate it. And then uh, a bunch of old ladies got on the bus and they had the same cane as I did, nice. but they had mods on them, and I was jealous.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they had yeah. the tennis balls on the bottom. No, no, this was uh, they had the
1: they had the ones. Uh, this mine's just like a standard one, ending like it's not the four. You don't have the four. No, you know, know, no, 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 okay. that's too much. That's too, that's much. too much. Well, that's you have
0: the classy one.
1: It's kind of like it looks one. like a question mark. Oh. uh with like a black cane. it looks it goes like this oh yeah, like yeah, yeah. okay i, know I look i look like about. the riddler basically yeah. <laughs> walking around
0: <with> you it <laughs> twirl it around
1: like <laughs> <laughs> no no twirling
2: <laughs> yeah but i literally i started
1: looking at the other canes and the the old ladies they they've they clearly they've got more experience with the stuff so they i saw one that had this cool little little uh end like steel attachment at the bottom yeah and
3: it and it it's not right? Like it can dig into ice and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it flips. You can yeah. just like
1: flip it down and it goes under the cane and it becomes like a spike so they can, like, you know, move around with it during a slippery weather and or fight crime. Or, or fight, fight, crime. fight crime. And I was like, <laughs> Sticking people. Yeah, it's some daredevil <laughs> shit right there. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I found myself actually uh, jealous of these old it's ladies. Cane envy. Cane envy, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So there was something to it, but um, mostly what really impressed me was um, just the, the change in attitude from something yeah. that simple and how how people immediately kind of uh i think if i just stood on the corner with an empty cup <laughs> i could have made some money <laughs> probably <laughs> if i looked forlorn enough you know and just like dejected it you know in, in the rain too because it rained so oh uh, yeah i could have made a couple of dollars if
0: you're standing directly in the rain yeah looking yeah. really sad yeah so people couldn't tell if you were crying or if the,
1: the rain <laughs> or if they my tears were just being just just became invisible in the rain. Exactly. You know. <laughs> We're back to Michael Bolton again. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, I experienced this sort of thing a couple of years ago when I made my very, very first film—not the most independent film ever, which Gene also <laughs> wrote and starred in. Uh. Which was made with a camera that was so crappy, it it had no battery, and so I had to have it tethered we to the we wall. We weren't even in the frame half the time. <laughs> I found it, by the way. I found the I found the tape. Oh, that's that's a shame. Yes, yes. Well, it's analog, though it has to be uploaded. But anyway. My first, it's worth laugh. Yeah, my first actual film uh, was about a homeless guy, and, and if you remember this, I, I uh, recruited my brother-in-law, and I, we did a really good job on the costume. He looked homeless, and then so we obviously didn't have any permits. We filmed on the street and stuff. And uh, which one was this? This was uh, Playthings.
0: Oh yeah, I think I was on. I was carrying your bags. Very likely you were carrying my bags, <laughs> even your back then. Yeah. <laughs> even back then, you were carrying
1: my bags, Richard.
0: You're like, ah, Richard, come on over, come and give us a hand. You have a strong back. <laughs> <laughs> Carry all this shit. <laughs> Go get us some coffees.
1: You're a good man. A good we man. want bagels. <laughs> you were you were a production assistant. Uh, to be to be. Clear. Is that the title? Yes.
0: Am I am I credited in that movie?
1: Of course. It better be. Of course you're carried credit. You just have to look
0: really,
3: really close. <laughs> no, no, no. It's definitely there.
1: Uh, I'm going to check that. I think we made that. some money. I think Danny made some money because we had him just like sitting on the corner with his oh, bag yeah, and yeah. his cardboard sign and whatever. And some people actually dropped some money on him. And uh, he actually looked more homeless than the actual homeless guys <laughs> on, on that street That's true. who have homes.
0: It was pretty convincing.
1: Yeah. No, he really sold it. And I think we ended up just giving the money off to to actual panhandlers afterwards, which I thought was a good thing. Yeah, but, uh,
0: that's probably the right thing to do.
1: Yeah, right. Like keeping it is not no. Well,
3: you gotta pay it forward to someone, I guess, because you're you're kind of getting it under false pretenses, right? Yeah, you know, exactly. Like,
1: but the point is, is that uh, you know we underestimate, I think, sometimes how much appearance plays. And but that cane thing is really interesting. Hmm. Um. I should get a walker next. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think that might have a different effect. That. Yeah? Yeah.
1: yeah, that's just uh, weird. A guy with a walker. Yeah, that yeah. is kind of weird. Or well, what about one of those little uh, walkers, but that's also a seat? <laughs> you can, you oh, see these yeah, things? Yeah, yeah. My
3: uh, my grandmother-in-law is that a thing? Yeah, she has. She yeah, has my grandmother had one of those. Yeah, she yeah, has one of those. Yeah,
1: hmm. but I've never seen like a like a a guy in his thirties with one. <laughs> No, right.
3: I think I think there is such a thing as going too far, where people will you'll lose all sympathy and it will go to revulsion. Yeah, right. Like you're a a grown man with a cane is like that guy. That guy's a strong man. He's 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 clipped a a wing. He's got that's it. He's got a clipped wing. Uh But uh, you know they're gonna nurse him back to health, and there must be a good family there taking care of them but if you're you're, you're in your 30s and you're walking around with that walker and you don't really really look like you need it you're done like yeah it's the opposite you've become a threat (laughs) again yeah it's true what's this guy up to yeah incidentally I,
1: i suspect a large number of of overweight people and old people uh with scooters uh i've caught a few of them like You know, just jumping out at them and just going to do stuff and then jumping back on their scooters. Yeah. And I'm not convinced that they need them. (laughs) I feel like some of them are abusing this. There's got to be, right? There's got to be people who don't actually need the scooter. They're just fucking lazy and they don't want to walk around.
3: Sure. Although some people have, uh, you know, like they have, like they can walk maybe 5-10 minutes and it's fine. But like if they had to walk 20 minutes there and back to get to the store, there's a good chance that...
1: They that would lose weight, rough. oh, that, oh. That. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I mean, I'm sure that of course there's people like that out there, but I really, I feel like there are some bullshit artists out there there must be, but there' <laughs> always like are.
0: somersault out of there
3: I've <laughs> seen
1: some nimble fucking scooter but jockeys, yeah, yeah,
3: there always are there' are always people that are going to take advantage of the system some way or another, but the 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 problem with that type of of stuff is if you start thinking about wanting to. If you try too hard to eliminate too much of that, you start penalizing the people who are not taking advantage of the system by making things more difficult than they need to be for them to get the help. So you just kind of have to accept that there'll be some bleeding out and some waste from people who are taking advantage of the system. But how is it
0: taking advantage of the system? They buy it themselves, right? I think the well, some guess. of these are subsidized,
3: yeah, they're or they're
1: subsidized. paid
0: through. Uh, but you'd have sure, to have, so. like, a doctor's note. Which is it's impossible like to get, right, Richard?
3: Yeah, it's impossible to get a doctor <laughs> <Yeah. you> note. Know, <laughs>
1: <'cause laughs> well, it's impossible, 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 impossible. Hmm. No, but, I mean, I just to me, it's comical, too. I guess I kind of don't mind them at the same time, because it's pretty funny to see someone, like,
2: uh, 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 with their little
1: scooter. And then just, like, run in and get a sandwich and come out hmm. and then hop back on. I saw
0: a dude the other day who had, like, a fully modded one of those things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Harley Davidson. <laughs> the big beard and the whole thing. Wow. Or, like,
1: on a on a, this a disabled scooter? Yeah, yeah,
0: disabled scooter. <laughs> and he's awesome. on the sidewalk, and I'm walking behind him. He's walking, like, a, he's rolling at the same speed I'm walking. I tried to get a picture <laughs> of it, but it didn't work out on my old phone.
1: Those are the best, the, the mod the mod ones. Yeah, like,
0: but he had, like, the, he was wearing all leather. Yeah. Yeah, it was, no, it was Sons of Anarchy, like wow. on the back of like the chair and stuff.
2: It
3: was But if, if you're going to be spending a large part of your day in that thing, you may as well make it yours, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, but I always
1: loved those people that, that customize shit. I, yeah. I saw a guy with uh, with old school 1970s, um, um, what do you call them? Um, a wheelchair? No, um, crutches. Oh, okay. Right, like the wooden crutches. With the with the rubber ending, like yeah. the old ones, right? Hmm. But he had covered every inch of it in those little uh, shiny, like religious things. Like the whole thing was was Jesused out. Damn. The entire thing it was like handmade too. And in the holes, right? Because there's like these sections that are there are holes yeah. in. They were filled in with images of like Jesus and. Nice. It was fully Jesused out. Like it looked like he pulled it off, like the walls of the cathedral or something. And he was just walking with these glowing, pimped out crutches. And I always wonder about those guys, you know, or the guys with the wheelchairs with the mounted speakers and the flags, and they're just like.
2: Burr, 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 burr like
1: rolling down the highway not giving a fuck at yeah. like six months an hour of the highway <laughs> yeah. and it sometimes it'll be a full-on like uh, quadriplegic or whatever one of those guys that has to drive it was his, like his 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 uh, chain or whatever yeah and he's just like cruising down the highway in, his, with, in the rain <laughs> with it. his speakers you like you can't
0: take anything more away from me <laughs> i guess i
1: guess yeah i guess that's what it is it's like fuck you i'm gonna live I'm going to yeah. live. I'm going to be loud. I'm going to play my, my jams. And uh, what are you going to do? Run me off the road? Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> I mean, Come on. God's done everything else to me already. What are you going to do to me? That's it. You know? I don't know. Those guys, I love them, man. There's one modded guy where I couldn't tell you where he got his scooter from. On the inside, it looks like your standard scooter. But he somehow either customized or had someone make like a, like a housing that goes over it. To make it almost look like a buggy, like a car. Okay. Okay. So it's like, it looks like almost like one of those shitty three wheel things you see in like Asia. You know, those. Uh, oh,
3: yeah. One of those uh, little like, uh, uh, those cabs, right? One wheel yeah. in the front, two.
1: Yeah. Two. One wheel in the front, two in the back, runs yeah, yeah. on like a weed whacker engine or whatever. Yeah. And, but his, it it's really weird because he has these like um, sconces on the side and with flowers in them. And it, the whole thing is just covered in flour. It looks like almost like a, a coffin.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it well, looks this shit got dark <laughs> <I know. laughs> real fast. And that's—I
1: hate myself for this—but I could just keep thinking. I just kept thinking whenever I saw this thing. I kept thinking like, you know, when the time comes, he just wants to drive it right into that <laughs> hole. <laughs> and he could just fucking cover him in dirt, and he's done, right? Like oh, the thing man. looks like a hearse, little hearse. With f- the flowers on the outside, though, are very particular, you know, and I don't know what happens. Is it an old thing? Is it, is it an old man thing? You just, you snap or you stop giving fucks and you're like, I'm going to cover every inch of my house in buttons or whatever,
2: <laughs> in Coke
1: bottle caps. <laughs> what what happens at that age? That I don't know. With these old timers? I
0: guess we'll have to wait and see.
1: Is this yeah. is this us? <laughs> Am I going to start playing the banjo or, uh, or st- start a uh, uh, porcelain elephant collection <laughs> or... Or is it just that generation? I don't know. What do you guys think?
0: Uh, I have no idea. I don't know what to make of that. Yeah. Something definitely happens.
1: It seems I like think it. <laughs> you, just,
0: you just stop giving a fuck. <laughs> yeah. In more. a
1: very creative way, apparently. Yeah.
0: You don't need to conform to society anymore. It's like that moment where old people who still drive cars and they, they stop looking... Behind them, uh-huh. when they're backing out of the driveway, <laughs> yeah. they're just like, "Look out, world! Here I come! <laughs> Brace <Beats> yourself! Fire!"
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those those people. It's not that they stopped looking behind; is that they never did because all they had to do was put their hand on the Bible and say, "I promise to be a good driver." Here's my one dollar. Right. Please give me my permit. Please give me a permit. <laughs> That's true.
1: That's what literally what it took back in the day. Yeah. I think uh, your dad was telling us this when we had him on. Really? Yeah, he was saying that, uh, I think he said that uh, back in the day, you just had to put your hand on the Bible. Oh, that's a Kurt story. Is it a Kurt story? I think it's a Kurt story. Yeah. yeah. I don't think my dad's. Back in the day, you just had to do that. You swore on the Bible.
0: I swear to be good.
1: Yeah. I swear to be a good driver. Uh, and they gave, gave you your dollar.
3: permit. Like, right, you have to pay whatever it was.
1: Wow. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> no accidents back then, probably. Hmm. Yeah.
3: Oh, just just like, you know, back in the 70s when you could drink and drive literally at the same time yeah. in Quebec and it was perfectly legal. You could have like a road beer.
1: Amazing.
2: My dad
3: tells me about having a road beer when it was legal.
2: Hmm.
1: I guess if everybody is road beering, then like the the scales are back to normal again, right? <laughs> the problem is if all these sub guys are road beering and everyone else is uh, sober, then accidents occur because other people yeah. are, are all tense and shit. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm clearly not. I'm not blaming the beer, the road beer guys. <laughs> <laughs> i everyone else is fucking wound up too much. But uh, that's crazy, man. I mean, yeah, just in my own lifetime, fuck. I remember, was it uh, Lisa was telling me that. She lived out in the country, and she has two brothers, so there were three kids in the back, and there were no seatbelts in the cars. And her her, her dad them, drove one of those big of Buicks or whatever, and they literally just like slid around yeah. in the back, like mm. like uh, fucking I don't know what.
3: But you know, there's a there's a grandfather clause for uh, seatbelts in cars, eh? If your car whenever the laws came into effect where seatbelts had to be installed in cars, if your car predates that date, you don't have to have seatbelts. Really? And I remember my father used to, when he was in the military, he used to have access to this sort of shared garage workspace. And so he used to rebuild cars all the time. And at some point he rebuilt this 1948 Ford truck. And like, I, like there were no seatbelts. He had some other old cars. There were no seatbelts. It was just like, well, it's not authentic. I'm like now. I'd be like, I, no parent in the world would be like, "You're not getting in that car. It's too dangerous. There's no seatbelt." But yeah,
1: but it's great law that lob, it in that law stands.
3: As far as I know, it still is that you're oh. not asked to retrofit your old car huh. with to new standards. Um, I mean, I can't imagine there are that many on the road. No, there can't that be. They can't be. Yeah,
1: and those true. people that do have those cars are probably like car nuts. In which case, they're yeah. probably really careful with them. And
3: yeah, well, but I mean, whatever. A lot of people are really careful with their car. They still get into accidents, true, right? True I mean, that. But true uh, that. Um, yeah, I don't know how that works exactly, but
1: that's interesting. That's actually, that you, I, for, I I keep forgetting about that. That your dad was uh, a military guy, um, and he probably would have a lot in common with uh, Mark, actually, mm-hmm. be, uh, because uh, Mark was uh, airplane or helicopter mechanic. And your dad, I think, did something similar, no?
3: Yeah, aer- uh, jet engines.
1: He did jet engines, yeah. Yeah,
3: fighter jets. So he fix, repair, maintain. And at some point, he taught it, like how to, you know, how to do that. So, and he started off as a helicopter tech.
1: Okay, so they may tech. have met, and or they may <laughs> have, because you know how big the Canadian military is. Somehow it's huge,
3: <laughs> and yet everybody knows each other because they all end up having to go to fucking Halifax or Moose Jaw and or Banff or whatever. Yeah. Like, those those four bases that every military person's been to. Val uh, Moose Jaw, um, yeah, Halifax. And actually, Halifax is maybe more of a Navy thing because everybody I know who's in the Navy at some point ends up in Halifax. But,
1: yeah. That makes sense.
3: Yes, it does make sense.
1: It's near the water. That's true, Jason. I'm told. <laughs> <laughs> but every base is near the skies. Every base is <laughs> near the skies. <laughs> so, does that make you a military brat? Like, a little uh, bit?
3: Sort of. My parents got divorced when I was really young. So, my I mean, I lived on a military base till I was about six. And then uh, when they got divorced, I, I was living with my mom, but I was still spending, you know, several days a week at my dad's on a military base. And I guess I stopped having like military contact by the t- when we moved to Montreal when I was like nine or ten or something.
1: Do you have any memories of the military base? Oh yeah,
3: or? it was ugly as hell. They had all the color, all the buildings painted in these really awful colors like bright pink, what ochre, yellow, brown, pine green, and they were just like all lined up. They all looked the same, but they were painted in these atrocious, atrocious oh, colors.
1: Why? Do you have any idea why?
3: I have no idea. To make it seem cheerier, maybe <laughs>
1: maybe to just really I, differentiate them from the the main buildings. I don't know, pink.
3: I know, but one thing I remember: everybody speaks in acronyms, right? Like everyone's like, "Oh, it's mm-hmm. a PMQ, it's an RTL, or whatever." Like they have like
1: PT on the st Yeah, F-F. they always
3: have these uh, these uh, like catchphrases for everything, but yeah, PMQs. Did
1: that They're ever so interest you, military, military kind of uh, life? A
3: little bit. I thought about it at some point. I think my brother for a while was very interested in it, but I was like, I'm going to go to school and, um, I will be somebody and I'm going (laughs) to, I don't know, whatever. I don't know what I thought, but, (laughs) um, but yeah, I thought about, I, I even had a conversation with my wife the other day. I'm like, you know, maybe I should, maybe they need like an intelligence officer or something like that, where like, you know, you're not getting shot at every day, but you're part of the military and you get the training and
1: yeah. You're not getting shot at every day. You just, you know, you're just filing papers that get people shot. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, whoa. Hey, whoa. But well, we know, we know someone that's in the uh, in that field too, right, uh, Josh?
3: Yeah, I'm not sure if he's still doing that actually, yeah. but he was. He's a naval intelligence, and he was attached to a bunch
0: of different operations and stuff. Did he, he could, leave to join the French Foreign Legion?
2: No,
3: <laughs> but he was. He was stationed overseas for um, a year or a long period of time, and he worked with NATO and. Um, and, you know, he gave all these briefings to high-ranking generals about, like...
1: Naval warfare, Richard. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, and he, <laughs> Naval warfare. <laughs> <laughs> and he... Uh, yeah, and he, you know and naval so he tells officer. Yeah. <laughs>
1: naval intelligence. That's
3: that's 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 a T-shirt. It's a T-shirt I'll never wear <laughs> or buy, but it is a T-shirt that can be sold.
1: It's gonna be a belly shirt or have a fake belly on. I can't no. tell. I can't no, tell.
3: It's a naval intelligence officer. In there. Yeah.
1: Incidentally, that's your other skill, uh, Gene. Uh, is you're, you're, you? At least you used to be the T-shirt guy. Oh right? yeah! Well, you used to be the guy that could wear the t-shirts with stuff on it and not and not be lame, because everyone else would be like, <laughs> "Hey, one, oven, a uh, one in the oven or whatever, like uh, poop in uh, or uh, whatever, food in, poop out or whatever the fuck like, people wear." Female These body inspector, uh, yeah, 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 Mister Fantastic <laughs> yeah. or whatever. But um, you've had some epic shirts you're, over you're the years.
3: You're thinking about one shirt in particular, aren't you? There's a
1: couple, but there's one in particular <laughs> that I think stands the test of time. We be jammin'. uh, We be jammin'. (laughs) (laughs) Where the hell did you get that we be jamming shirt?
3: My uh, my mother. She went to I can't remember if it was uh, Nassau somewhere in the in the Caribbean. (laughs) And she came back with this shirt, because even though I told her, don't get me anything like this, it's lame, and I'll never wear it. Yeah. Um, if you're listening, Mom, I love you. Um, but she, she so she brought me this shirt back, and I wore it. I guess you guys ended up seeing it mostly because I wore it on the day that I moved. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm going to wear a shirt that I can just
1: throw out when I'm done. Uh-huh. A likely story. A likely story, indeed. Um, but
3: yeah, He's and so she brought me this shirt be honest well he <laughs> ha- he must have it i have it. no idea what happened you me. have
1: to find it man it's 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 ascended into But the,
3: there's there's nowhere to find it like i don't have it anymore
1: it's typical like uh, tourist trap merch you know it's like <laughs> it says yamon we be jamming <laughs> yeah and then there's these like R- rasta <laughs> stickman on it dancing or whatever like no self-respecting i mean it's, it's totally like
3: an 11 year old shirt right i like, think <laughs> like your mom thought it was really really clever and charming sure and so she sends you off to school and she you know you're all proud of your, your we be jamming shirt because Dude. I have so something that come tr- back up. It, it, it doesn't come from Walmart. <laughs> I have something to trump
1: that like right now. That's even worse. Okay, my mom. I think the first time she got around somewhere in Canada was uh, Niagara Falls.
3: Anna, he he loves you if you're listening. I love
1: I love my mother deeply. Okay. She she <laughs> however uh, went to Niagara Falls one time and <laughs> it's like, hey mom, you know, give me something, whatever. She's like, yeah, okay. And then she brought me back a a pin. That said Captain Jason on it. (laughs) Like a fake, a fake, like pin, like a fake pilot thing, which you could just see it on one of those spinning souvenir fucking things where, like, pick the name, like, it's got different names, you know? Yeah. Johnny. So Captain Jason. And uh, I was 11, but I still didn't wear it.
0: (laughs) Do you still have it, though? I
1: don't know. I don't think so. (laughs) But uh, I I always thought that's the, the best type of souvenir crap the one that's you know has the fake names on it Quebec mm. specifically they don't have this anymore but Quebec used to have the best and by the best I mean worst souvenir uh, 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 merchandise ever and I remember because in the early years in Quebec we, my mother and I would go and visit all the touristic trap places like the, the cathedral and the you know yeah, the yeah. stadium whatever and there's that store I don't know if it's still there on uh, in the old port next to the, uh, the cathed- Notre Dame Cathedral yeah And of course, there's gonna be Canadian flags and moose and little Mounties and and little
3: T-shirts that say "I love Montreal." Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, that's actually pretty like the least harmless thing. The little moose Mountie um, like uh, plushie is like a you know another one. Uh, The fake Native American paddle, like canoe paddles, (laughs) the fake deer, the fake moose. You know, memorably the f- the Inuk-chuk.
3: the fancy packaged uh, uh, thing of low grade
0: maple syrup.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> when
0: they start getting into like moccasins,
3: and
1: the moccasins, tests, it's weird. yeah, yeah, the moccasins, yeah. or the little leather uh, s- sewn Inuit family Isn't dolls. That
3: like going to some place like in Africa and buying a dodo bird doll. You're like, we've gotten rid of all of these slash we treated them in the worst possible way ever. Yeah, it's quite and bad. And now taste. we're capitalizing. And you know, it's not like this money's going back to the reserve, or like nope. you know, we're helping out the, um, you know, the it's proud been made in
1: China, things. ironically, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, we're just.
1: But well, the, my favorite one, which I I wish I still had because I don't think they sell this anymore, was a baseball cap with uh, the flag of Quebec on it, and a plastic turd on the on the flap in the front. There was a plastic piece of shit, <laughs> literally a plastic piece of shit. I'll ask my mom if you don't believe me. Did you me. pick this? No, no. I just remember seeing it. Oh, okay. What's the point? I never, I could never solve the riddle. Like what, what the message there was, or maybe there was a fad going around. Maybe there's something going around that was really funny, but it was a plastic piece of shit on the cap and this was next to the cap with the um, you know the clapping hands
3: okay so mm-hmm. the, just what was on the cap in fr- like other than the
1: it was a blue shape. cap with the fleur-de-lis okay. on it and on the front on the la palette like on the the visor the visor was a plastic Is it piece to be of shit. like a
3: merde d'art or like a bad French joke? I could by not a tell French you. Person, but as a from like France, it, who doesn't understand how people in Quebec speak?
1: It burned. It burned. That that thing burned into my brain. <laughs> I never forgot it because I was just like, this must be the stupidest. This must be the dumbest fucking piece of merchandise Somebody ever. Somebody bought
3: this yes. and brought it back to their relative. Clearly. Thinking it was the coolest thing ever.
1: Yeah, people like uh people like dirty, weird stuff. Vac- like like tourists. Yeah, they can be weird, but that I never understood what the hell that was.
3: Yeah. I know. That's like the in Brussels there's a famous statue of a, a little boy peeing. Oh yeah, the little boy right? peeing, yeah, yeah. yeah. And right. like when Rochelle and I were there, we're like People in Brussels must be so fucking fed up of seeing a little pissing boy on every T-shirt, lighter. (laughs) Like it's just some fucking statue in like the downtown area of Brussels that like nobody gives a shit about, except tourists with cameras who are like, "Oh, how did they dress up the little boy today?" And
1: terrorists apparently, but yes, and
3: yeah, terrorists apparently, but the um, but yeah, the the, but people love what a symbol, love that shit, and like really, like.
1: Well, if you go yeah i mean you go to austria at least it's fucking mozart's profile everywhere and that's their obsession and sure. there's, that's the merch it's that's on everything and um, but like yeah having a little peeing boy on your <laughs> no your i
3: mean like fine it's it's you know it's a thing and you're okay allowed to be like yeah it's a thing in our city and it's okay but like yeah. it's the icon I'm like
1: suddenly i'm okay with my little mountie moose plushie
3: are you any relation to the pop singer no, it's it's just a coincidence. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I love his music. I do. I'm a Michael Bolton fan. Me too. For my money, I don't know if it gets any better than what he sings when a man loves a woman. Oh.
1: But you must really love his music, huh?
3: <laughs> yeah, he's 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 pretty he's pretty good, I guess. You're goddamn right he is. <laughs> <laughs> right. So tell me, what's your favorite song of his? Hmm. <clears throat> I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I, I guess I sort of like them all.
0: <laughs> That's <a riot> so <laughs> I'm the exact same
3: way, but it must be twice as hard for you, being to have the same name as him. I celebrate the guy's entire catalog. But uh, anyway, so this interview with one of the head content developers for the World of Warcraft. This was I don't know a year, year and a half ago, and there was this huge outcry. Oh, you're not listening to the community and whatever. And so the guy basically came out and, you know, he was like, listen, we want to give you what you want, but we've learned from experience that giving you what you want exactly. often doesn't work because what you tell us you want isn't actually what you want. So you want some quality of life improvements? Yeah, you're probably right about those. Like, okay, the following thing is annoying and we want it to go away. Okay, sure. But when you tell us about what you want out of your story and stuff, like, you often you're, you're wrong. A million lightsaber battles removes the tension from all of them so we're not gonna give you a million of them we're gonna give you five and they're gonna be amazing and you're gonna say that you want more and when you tell us that you want more that means we've done our job because we made them interesting as opposed to oh my god not another one right like Hmm. so
1: yeah what what uh, fan demands doesn't factor in is that they still want to be surprised they still want to be taken off guard they still want to have their expectations played with and then there there's gonna be some twists and turns so if you just straight up go okay guys what is it what's the laundry list and then you just put all those things in the movie or in a book or whatever like you're just people are not gonna react very well to that because you were supposed to do something with that you weren't supposed to just cut and paste yeah their ideas into a story
0: there's also that whole principle of leave them wanting more yeah. yeah right like that's that's i, I think it's pretty universal right in a, in a lot of different art forms i know it's like that for like cuisine yeah you know? like small bites <laughs> small. yeah yeah exactly but if you if 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 you leave them wanting more then that's a better experience than if they just gorge on like the mm. you know most decadent food right. and oh. like have a indigestion afterwards
3: i get to i get to talk about my thesis Okay. it's
1: relevant. Oh, do it, man.
3: That uh, when I was studying when I was studying adaptation and stuff, what people wanted and they the adaptations that they enjoyed the, mo- the most were those that were recognizable but different, right? So people want a, a recognizable basis to engage with something. It's the same thing with food. If you're telling someone you're it's a play on uh, spaghetti and meatballs, there needs to be something recognizable about spaghetti and meatballs in there before you can sort of twist it, turn it on its head and start messing with it and so the the feedback like audience or fan feedback tells you what people want in it that's recognizable but if you stick to it then you're basically you're not you're not adapting or changing you're just making a carbon copy of the same thing and like most people don't want to read the same book twice right Right. like you want to read the book and then you want to see a movie that Messes with it just enough to make it interesting, but that you're like, okay, it's still Lord of the Rings, right? Like it still works.
1: What was your thesis exactly? What were you focusing on?
3: Uh, I was talking about how people um, analyze or or decide whether something counts as an adaptation of Shakespeare specifically um, or not. And so, like, what is it? Like, can we make a laundry list? Like, is there something we can identify in it? And, uh, and of course, my conclusion as is, always, the case is, well, it's complicated it and not really. <laughs> um, but that it really had more to do with the, um, yeah, that feeling of watching something that's recognizably the same but also different. Mm-hmm. That that was the kind of the takeaway. Which my
1: which movies did you focus on?
3: Well, I wrote, I wrote about Ran, Ran by which a, is a Kurosawa, Kurosawa yeah. which is. Well, the whole point for picking ran is there's a big debate or there was a big debate as to whether or not it counted as an adaptation of King Lear. And so I basically you know made the case for the case against
1: It's con- what is the overall sentiment? Is it an, a point of contention or uh,
3: there's a bunch of different reasons why people have their opinions. I guess the main uh, the, the main fallback for the people who say that it isn't an adaptation of King Lear is they argue that Kurosawa was using Japanese sources, that he's talking about this the three sons that the main character, uh, Hidetora has in the movie. Um, that's actually taken from an actual Japanese legend. There was this guy, he has a different name, but there was this guy, he had three sons, and his three sons went on to rule the kingdom, and it was like a golden age. And Kurosawa says, well, I decided it'd be fun to twist it around, and instead of having these three guys that were amazing, they're like petty assholes that fall to fighting one another um but the other camp says well but curse later said that it kind of reminded him of king lear and that he drew on influences from king lear so it's like no one denies that there isn't any king lear in the movie but it's just a question of well how much is it how do you measure it how do you decide this is a japanese film with king lear influences or it's a king lear set in a japanese setting right like that's kind of the mm. two main positions
1: and um, well, there's a lot of talk about um, books being adapted. That's clearly usually where the Hollywood. Yeah, that's the source that it pillages the most for stories. Now, comic books are being pillaged for. storylines. and books, Jason. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's you know it still has the word book in it. Uh, how do you feel about plays being adapted to film?
3: Uh, I think the more thing that if plays are still being adapted to film then those plays are still relevant. So I say go for it. Well, like,
1: certainly I can think of one example where it was really great, um, and that's uh, Amadeus. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which most people, I think, don't realize was based on a play. Mm-hmm. They think it's based on actual.
3: Yeah. Uh, Peter Peter Schaefer, I think, mm-hmm. or I think it's his name, he wrote the play. He also is the guy who adapted it to a screenplay. So right. He's the same guy who wrote the play who adapted it to the screen. Which
1: is, when it happens, I think it, yeah. it helps the material a lot. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, I mean, I
3: listen, like, you know, I, I studied a bunch of Shakespeare and Shakespeare was the like Spielberg of his day and people would line up and pay money to go see his plays. And I don't see it as being all that different. Like, right. All right. Well, in so. a sense
1: of play is kind of an analog yeah. low and, budget and, film. And he
3: did the same thing. He rated all of these literature, all this literature that came before him, these horrible medieval romances and these. It awful Italian plays that sucked but that he somehow <laughs> fixed them and made them into something really interesting and amazing right like
1: Harlequin novels <laughs>
3: <laughs> some of the Harlequin Harlequin was a character from a staple character from Italian drama oh there 13th, you go. 14th century I think anyways but uh, uh yeah like I'm all for it like my my main man Shakespeare is the template for stealing shit and making it better so
1: Do you feel like they've done mostly right by Shakespeare in in cinema or is it uh, hit or or miss?
3: I don't know. I'm very apprehensive of people with these sort of high-minded, snobbish attitudes that, oh, well, you're losing something in the adaptation and it's not the same. And you're like, yeah, that's right. I'm not pretending it is the same. But when you change it, you lose something, but sometimes you win something. So yeah, maybe you lose some of the complex language if you're setting it in a uh, high school, um, and people are talking in sort of modern American English, but you gain in accessibility, you gain in other ways that, you know, and I always tell people is like Shakespeare can take it. Like, it's not like if someone messes with this play, like, that's it, we've lost it, we're never gonna get the
1: you know, you can never go back to the source. Like, yeah, there's a little bit of that. You can like, take it, like reverence for it, in a, in a way that people don't understand because it was always presented to them as a fancy thing in school. They think it's fancy.
3: Well, it's it's fancy and it's hard because it's old and we don't speak that way anymore. But it wasn't particularly fancy and complicated for people who would have been contemporaries of him, right? Like, I mean, it it was. It was clearly more like reading a. Um, a well-written literary novel than a Harlequin novel, but it wasn't like inaccessible to people. Like uh, nobles went to see it and they got some stuff out of it. Some literally literary allusions and stuff that they really enjoyed. And then commoners went and saw it and got some other stuff out of it, but everybody liked it.
1: It's interesting that you mentioned that thing about commoners. Uh, I was recently listening to a really, really good um, podcast from cracked of all places, (laughs) cracked, magazine oh yeah Uh, you
0: sent it over to me i listened to it as well did you like that one? yeah it was really cool
1: was it it the class one or the The class one one? right so these two guys had a really good conversation about the idea this idea of class Mm -hmm. um as instead of looking at it as race and looking at it as religion and looking at it as various other markers to differentiate people to really go back to this idea i think their main thesis if if there could be one was that most developed countries or most countries period uh acknowledge that there is such a thing as class within their society but social class social class that's what we're talking about right uh but that in north america especially in america um america, america. it's problematic because it it contradicts kind of the fantasy of the the um the american, american dream, dream right mm-hmm. and that a lot of the problems would kind of issue from the idea that they're still kind of pretending. And even here in North America, we're still kind of trying to pretend that everybody is everybody. And then where we bellyache whenever those things don't actually translate into reality, Um, because we don't acknowledge that a certain background, a certain neighborhood, a certain uh, social class relates to a certain language and a certain baggage of, of understanding and values that may not translate over into the other person's uh, class, right? And they sp- specifically one great, really great point they made was about the idea of like it's not about... We always tend to think of economics as a marker of social class, when in fact that's not ac- wholly accurate. And I, what was the example that they gave? I think it was about a if you're like a plumber from yeah. South Boston, right? And oh,
0: and you make more than somebody who comes from a high social class. Yeah, like any
1: professor. Any sure. professor, yeah, yeah. right? You like, make...
0: You make more money.
1: Way more money than any professor. Maybe it's, maybe your dad was a plumber too. Maybe you have a plumbing company, right? You have a couple of vans. Yeah, whatever, you're a plumber. You're it's making bank, right? Yeah. You're you living comfortably, but you're still less likely to, you know, on the weekends, uh, taste wine and, and discuss literature with people. Yeah. It's going so to happen.
0: The plumbers' kids, even though they have more money versus the higher class person who... Uh, is a professor and like un- underpaid they, right. th- their kids are going to have very different uh, experiences they're going to have mm-hmm. a- access to very different things yeah and they were talking uh, about like interviews mm-hmm. how interviews are designed to kind of keep people of a lower social class out of the upper class
1: which is uh, an interesting thing, point right? of view yeah.
0: based on how you speak and yeah. one of the things that was really interesting was like they were talking about like Ways of speaking, like if you're, if you're kind of like a yokel, and you've, you know, you're, you're talking with a very, uh, I, don't, I don't know, like southern kind of accent sort of you thing. you twang like, or whatever. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like you're the talking like Cletus, that you would, you wouldn't expect your brain surgeon to be speaking in that way. Right. Yeah. He's right. supposed right. to and, sound a certain way. And there are redundancies within society that prevent somebody who's who is socially cletus from becoming the brain surgeon
1: right yeah yeah you'll find that all the people at these elite levels of society all tend to sort of speak the same way if they're not from that class then they've learned how to ape it right
3: oh well, it's not even necessarily that they've learned how to ape it it's that the whole the whole okay if you if you're part of an upper class a higher class it's more likely that you've been to school longer it's more likely that you've been educated by people who have adopted certain customs, certain ways of speaking. And over the process of going through that, that homogenization process, then you learn to speak that way. And you learn, you yourself learn to identify. And I, I, I've done it. Like I, part of my reason for going to school was to avoid my potential
1: Yokelness. Well, that's exactly why I brought this up. Yeah. Because and, you're an but, example of someone who broke the, thing, the mold, right?
3: Is that you get educated into thinking that certain thought patterns, certain ways of expressing yourself are, you know, classless or lower class or whatever. And others are, you know, you benefit from a distinction based on how you speak. Um, and yeah, like, this doesn't necessarily have to do with money. Um, it, it has more to do with the set of values. Um, that people have about how the world should work and what people have in terms of expectations about the people around them. Um, And even though, like, you can point to somebody like the plumber, um, that plumber would not identify as an upper-class person, even if they had the money to do so, because they don't share what we consider our upper-class pleasures. They don't go to spend their time at the opera. They want to go watch... Uh, baseball, NASCAR baseball and a baseball game with the kids and have a few beers and shoot some pool with their buddies and they're just happy that they have more money to do that with but that the money itself doesn't change like it doesn't change your right. and this is a reality right
1: but I think what these guys I, th- were really discussing that I was pointing to me is that they that we pretend like there's no such thing like they, that it's that's constantly overlooked and we, they, they people try to pretend they meet they, these things are celebrated for instance if you're watching like a talk show yeah. Like you're watching Jimmy Kimmel, whatever, and then they go to the guy on the street and he's like some real, you know, bagel munching, uh, like New Yorker with his coffee. And he's like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. You know, like he, they get one of those characters and then everyone has a good laugh. And yeah, he's a old, good old, old home time boy. But there there is kind of a feeling that that belongs there and shouldn't be seen at any sort of elite level. Hmm. Certainly. I think an acknowledgement of it is, I think, was what their point was, would change the dialogue a little bit, right? Why do the people in charge always sound the same, right? Why is it that, um, I think uh, they gave the example also of uh, black people in America who, you know, obviously, when they go into job interviews and they go into other professional sectors, very often they come, not they don't all... Come from poor neighborhoods, yeah, sure, but a lot of them do come from neighborhoods mm-hmm. right that are were economically and socially different, and if they came in talking the way that they talk in their neighborhoods, they probably would not be looked at considered as seriously as if they kind of sound gave them the standard English right and the reason I bring this up again is uh, like you mentioned that you were obviously not that I'm suggesting your family's low class, but I mean you come from a working class family mm. <laughs> no, you do. No, no, I, I, you come from a working class family. Sure. Uh, you do have some uncles, I think, that broke out of the mold as well. Well,
3: I mean, my family's big enough. And I have enough aunts and uncles that one or two of them are bound to um, defy the kind of family stereotype. But, yeah, for the most part, we're talking high school educated people. If that, um, manual, a lot of you know people who were inclined to work with their hands. Um And even like on my dad's side of the family, on my mom's side of the family, you have people that are a little more cerebral, I guess, if you want to put it that way. And, um, but often like they don't have any degrees, but they're more, uh, like if you had to use like a medieval analogy, you'd say that like my dad's side of the family are farmers and serfs and my mom's side of the family are like merchants, right? Like nobody, nobody's noble. Nobody's like privileged. They work hard, but they, you know, they, they do it in different ways, I guess. Right.
0: Well, I don't and, know. We I'm enjoy a, a very different situation here. At least we did back in the day. I think it's, it's disappearing here in Canada as well. But we enjoyed a very large middle class. Right. It's not the yeah. same sort of divisive situation as you have in the States, whereas, you know, education is not as accessible. Yeah, there's, true, not, right? there's not there's not
3: very true. much, a, a very little middle ground. Like
0: here, that we don't worry about accessibility of education. No, you know, every everybody who wants to have an education can basically get it. Yeah,
3: I mean, some people have to work at it a little harder. It isn't always as easy for everyone as it might, maybe, should be,
1: or people want it to be. But there's no such but thing as not, you can't go to school because there's no schools, yeah, th- or, there, or you
0: didn't get accepted to a school, or you or, can't yeah. afford to go to school, which is the case. Yeah, there, to there are very to yeah. the south. there yeah. are
3: very few, and again, I've, my sample size is not representative, I guess, but there are very few people that I've met when I was in school who you know like many of them had jobs, others came from more privileged backgrounds, but it seemed that you know if you had to do it through student loans, you can do it. It wasn't fifty thousand dollars a semester, you know, like mm. your whole education could be done. You know, you could do it for more less than half like okay it's not ideal but
1: but there was a
2: lot
3: i guess
1: more of a trade mentality as well right people like trained for trades and like they kind of yeah there's a bit of that too they locked into things there were industries there was there was there was uh there were industries waiting for these skilled labor laborers and these technicians and these uh engineers and stuff and now it's kind of a free-for-all right now it's it's kind of weird with all the well, option. ironically, to...
0: the American dream is more alive here than it is in America. Yeah. Maybe that's why
1: Bernie Sanders is trying to turn the U.S. into Canada. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> circa nineteen ninety three. He won't succeed, Seriously. but I hope he does. I, yeah. I also, hope, but but it's interestingly, he, there's an example of, of a guy that doesn't sound like a politician. Not just in the content, but he sounds like a guy who who might be reading the paper on a bench somewhere in Manhattan. Hmm. You know, like he sounds like a like a like a New York guy, like a Brooklyn. you know dude maybe a professor whatever the professor like he he talks with a very I think uh, he's almost the uh, I think I think Trump too I think that was the other point they made Trump is he
0: sounds like the Curb Your Enthusiasm guy uh, (laughs) Bernie Sanders yes Sanders
1: Yeah, he sounds like every New York Jew. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, Larry David. (laughs) He he did an
0: impression of him on on SNL. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, very New York Jew. Yeah,
1: definitely New York (laughs) Jew. Like, especially 70s, 80s New York Jew, uh, like a a twang in his uh, neck. Coffee, let's have some coffee. Yeah, but uh, incidentally, so does uh, Trump. Trump sounds like a commoner. Oh yeah, Yeah. right. Yeah, Yeah. he speaks at a sixth grade level. And they were talking how they were saying how that that is very likely part of his massive appeal. That's
3: that's that's gotta be ninety percent of his appeal. It's it's I mean, I Hope that the crisis will be averted and that the you know forty whatever president of the United States is not going to be President Trump. Right. Um, we'll know in
1: eleven months because that's how much shit. Yeah, because they shit spent two over. years and primaries
3: and build up. <laughs> and thank God that our longest election on record, which was what forty-seven days, yeah, for the it was a, and it was a scandal. I mean, it was a scandal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But He's got time um, for that shit, <laughs> yeah. Like oh, honestly, like that. You've, you've seen the parties in power, you see how they govern. Oh, An extra yes. forty-five days to make up your mind isn't going to change anything. But yeah, um, so
1: another year of this bullshit.
3: Yeah, but uh, but soon they'll have their official leaders, and then it'll be you know leaders attacking leaders. But
1: yeah, and we're supposed to be sort of hoping that Ted Cruz gets the nomination over over Donald Trump. which I is don't think
3: it's going to matter because I'm pretty mental. sure that I'm pretty sure that Clinton is going to win. Pretty much regardless of which Republican candidate they get, I, yeah. I'm pretty confident that she'll end up winning, whether you think that's a good thing or a bad thing, whatever.
1: But Although Sanders I, is gaining some ground, from what I understand. Yeah, but yeah. the way
3: that the investiture process works. I have friends who live in New York, and they're always they're posting about a million things a day about it. And it's it really comes down to how the process of electing party leaders works. And that no matter how much um, sort of broad public appeal you might have, um, it's party members who are voting for you in different states. And um, that doesn't necessarily follow with your popularity, right? It's like, in fact, has nothing to do. With yeah, it's like votes. you're 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 an American citizen. You don't have you're not a card carrying Democrat. So you don't get to vote. You don't get so you can say anything you want about Bernie Sanders, but your vote doesn't count and it's all the, about the delegates even that and that's if you want to talk about class that idea of belonging to a political party and having like the card carrying member that that's a very upper middle class um kind of notion of civic responsibility that your average uh like middle lower middle class lower class person doesn't necessarily share i mean obviously i'm generalizing but no but that's a reality right yeah. and so you have to think about who the people are that are expressing this like all right, Sanders, Sanders, and whether or not that gels with the typical card-holding member's priority of the, like, the fact that he hasn't been blown away and eliminated from the race like eight months ago is already a testament to Agreed. the appeal of his message. Um But, and I think, like you mentioned, he doesn't talk like a politician. I think he just talks like a reasonable human being. He's just like, all right. Things are stupid, and we
1: need to stop being. He's like, being
3: yeah, he's like your, uncle yeah, exactly.
1: your uncle Bernie. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uncle Bernie is what he sounds like. I could,
3: like. I could have an Uncle Bernie. What do you mean? I could have an Uncle Bernie. Like yeah, could, exactly. Yeah,
1: he sounds like Uncle Bernie. He sounds yeah. like the guy that's either um, like your history professor, <clears throat> or he's the guy at the at the teamster meeting, like at the union meeting, and he's like, "You got to give these people some jobs," and like, you yeah. know, he's 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 he seems like a guy who. Walked in the 60s, you know, and protested, and he's he he's that's maybe his only flaw uh, drawback. But I want to come come back to this idea of like talk speaking the language mm-hmm. of of a certain people.
3: But this this applies to any type of social group. There's always an in group and there's always an out group, and language is often a way that that d- divide is made. So if you want to talk about uh, upper class professionals, doctors, lawyers, these these kind of uh, accredited um, class, like a a, a group of people, there is a language. And no matter what your background is, if you learn to speak that language, you can potentially join that club. It's the same way that if you want to be part of the cool kids in high school, you got to dress and talk the way they do. You, You pick up that language. You want to be the guy invited to go watch the hockey game with the boys. You can't be talking about how this reminds you of T.S. Eliot's Wasteland. you got to be talking about how that crushing body hit last game that so-and-so delivered to some other guy, right? Like there's there's a language that shows that you are either in or out. I think
1: that's very important what you just said. That's incredibly important, and I just want to take a second to think about that and movies, right? Sure. Where that's exactly what's going on there as well. And I submit to you that I think a lot of what filmmakers and also kind of maybe um, the the bulk of those people who tear down dumb films sure. and who lament their their success, I'm one of them certainly sometimes. I'm like, What the fuck? This movie made how in, in the hole. Fire in a hole. in a hole that what we may be getting wrong is not who's stupid or who's who's dumb or who's smart and who, what, you know, we'd like to think that the average moviegoer is a moron or whatever, but maybe it's just a question of language and that, that, that big dumb movie, that Michael mm-hmm. Bay movie, uh, it, the fact that it sucks or it doesn't suck is not even at play. The fact is he's speaking a language that resonates with the bulk of the moviegoers, right? Yeah. Who have been tested... Uh, and who have been well categorized. I'm just throwing this out yeah. there. Well, I mean, let me ask you a question. Yeah.
3: There's something you're really passionate about. So let's say it's movies. And you let's run say. into, you, let's just say hypothetically, and you run into someone at some point or you meet someone who's, well, you know, we use it as a phrase, who's speaking your language. They understand the references you're making they've seen all the movies you're making they share a perspective on how these things should be done like that's an immediate you're in connection with it right like there's a guy that i work with who just joined our team a month or two ago and i found out he also has a master's degree and also wrote his thesis on shakespeare so Mm. like all right i can make a shakespeare joke and this guy gets it and you're like you feel awesome when you feel like you've met someone who speaks your language right and, like, I think that these people who who make these movies, they've just figured it out that people want to go see movies where people speak their language.
1: Yeah. They don't feel like they're being
3: talked down to. Yeah. It's what they happened in the like 60s here lectured. with Michel Tremblay and the, the theater scene. You didn't hear Québécois joie speaking on stage. You had all of these Quebec and French-Canadian playwrights writing this incredibly super correct French. And then this guy comes around and says, wait a second. None of us fucking speak like this. We all have the Matin-Treni and the like, Monon-Courelle, and they don't speak like that. They sound different. And he says, what if I don't just put that on stage? And Huge overnight, like, super famous. Because yeah, he reached people everyone. were like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, finally some guy who gets it. This is how we speak here. We don't have to pretend like we're someone, you know, we we need to belong to a different group.
1: Once you start thinking in those terms, it's almost, it almost becomes impossible to criticize stuff. You know, like, I was eating... I was eating uh, in a restaurant earlier today, and the, the guy always—the the guy that runs the place—has a, a large screen TV in the back. But he always plays like the most generic um, French Canadian daytime garbage, you know, like variety yeah. shows yeah, yeah, yeah. and like uh, flower arrangement show. Like basically all stuff. To like yeah, yeah. No, no, that that's that would be hip. That's PM that's stuff. That's true. We're talking like. Old timers uh, like, uh, you know, Michel Barrette and then like yeah, like yeah. these guys that were, were comedians in the 80s who are now all gray. And then they team up with some like hussy, or rather some not hussy but right, some sort of husky, like uh, former starlet or former TV star or whatever. And they have a little variety show where they invite some jazz singer and they drink Mai Tais or whatever. And then some cook comes on and gives them a little yeah. recipe for Well, American salad.
3: Daytime TV has the same format, right? Exactly. Same, yeah, I know what type of show you talked about.
1: previously to this, I'd just be like, what is this fucking, what is this show? Like, why does it exist? Like, blah, blah, blah. Jesus, is it just like, how many old people are in this country? But now, then you realize, once you start feeding everything through this language conversation we're having here in this class sort of filter... You realize that we all walk around with a bit of an arrogance that when it comes to art and and content and we assume automatically that it was directed at people with our our baggage or our package and then we are offended if it talks down to us or if it's not smart enough or if it's if it's boring by our standards we can't help it it's a very human thing right um but i realize that it's actually that's something i want to change about myself you know I I still want to be able to point out something if it sucks, but also acknowledge that this was not meant for me.
0: Is this maybe like a symptom of living in these gigantic societies of overpopulated cities and being actually engineered to live in little villages and that we're just (laughs) trying to find our little village of people who all speak the same language within this metropolis, Mm -hmm. you know? That could be. While we're avoiding eye contact in the subway and... You know somebody's hurt on the street we'll walk over them rather than help them but if we find somebody who gets our jokes then we're we're all
3: that and that's why inside jokes matter right like if you get an inside joke like i don't know that's it you're in you're in the (laughs) team you're you're in you're on the team right like you're part of that village yeah and uh, like it's all comes down to that same language business that like we have inside jokes going back like almost two decades at this point it's mostly inside let it sink in Almost two decades. Two decades, bro. And like we have a lot of history, and so clearly, like I can send you a text in the middle of the night with one of these, and you'll like immediately like you're in.
1: You, you can right? just say word, and I'll be That's like, true. yeah, That's word." <laughs> That's it. But I'm gonna teach you a new one,
3: which is a new snake. New snake. I'll tell you about new snake. Later. Okay, <laughs> uh, You have to break that in.
0: But it's I mean, it's one thing to know somebody and to say like, "Okay, you're you're part of my my village." But I, I feel like these sort of class rules are engineered in order to be able to classify people that you don't know to see whether they're part of your tribe or not. Second right? interview, the guy in the, in that crack thing he was talking about like okay, so you have the, the the middle class guy. He has he's got the uh lower class guy for let's just call it that who comes over and like spits chewing tobacco on his lawn and he would be like, "Oh, That's disgusting, dude. You know, whereas like the lower class guy would be like, "What's the ground? That's where we throw things." And then you'd have like the super high class guy and the middle class guy would go over there and he'd use the like the wrong fork to eat his salad at dinner. He doesn't take his shoes off, right? Or something, something along those lines. You know, which would be equally as you know, he would object to it in the same way as the chewing tobacco. But like just these kind of behavioral cues kind of allows us to say, well. Classify people. Say, okay, you're a part of this, and obviously, like it's the higher classes are more invested in excluding people, right? Like there's a filtering process that goes on there. Like you don't want Cletus from the from right. the trailer no, park no, no, no. or the lower.
1: Maybe not even that far. Maybe just uh, you're from the wrong university, right?
0: Right, and the higher up you go in the in the class structure, the more elite it becomes, and and then very small changes would, you know, exclude you from that group. Yeah. Mm. A
1: good example I heard that I, I remember that I thought was, I don't know if it was articulated quite like this, but the idea of like if you, uh, you're you working class or just a regular Joe and you go to a hockey game and you wear the jersey of the opposing team, mm-hmm. right? And the other guy next to you is like, you know, go fuck your mother or whatever, and he like flips you off, you have a good laugh, right? Or whatever. You're like, yeah, hey, all right, yeah, right you're back sure. at you, buddy, right? But you have that same situation on a golf course and you just go up to some guy and he like shoots a ball and you're like you know go fuck your mother everyone will be like what that i'm sorry that's 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 inappropriate that's really out of line like we don't talk that way and you'd be censored for it immediately sure, because everyone this is a gross crossing of the social lines social behavioral lines
3: here's here here's one way in which probably the upper classes would use to differentiate And which I think as a culture, though, we've kind of adopted what will often distinguish someone between upper class and lower class is being able to know giant quotation marks when it's appropriate. Other giant quotation marks to talk about certain subjects or to speak in certain ways. Right. So like you said, a couple of guys, steel workers, they go to the game. One guy's a Boston Bruins fan. The other guy's a Montreal Canadiens fan. They go dude like screw you and they tell each other off and they buy each other beer and they have a good time and no matter who wins they hang out and like they get drunk and go to work the next day and everyone's happy and no care is given as to inappropriateness of language but that's precisely the class marker is that someone who's well raised who's upper class knows that there are certain comments that are inappropriate in mixed company and that you simply don't say. So you don't like some guy on the golf course. You don't tell him his mother. You hate his mother. You tell him, you, you politely say hi. You shake his hand. And then you turn to your wife or your golf partner and say, I fucking hate that guy. He's such an asshole. <laughs> and that's okay. But you can't say it out loud. And yeah. you can't, like, Well, there's this you hypocrisy have to maintain game. the decorum,
1: right? There's this hypocrisy game, too, which they brought up, which I thought was probably one of my favorite points. The idea of, like, the same, the social justice warriors. And how the same people that will cry, you know, infamy and 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 horror mm-hmm. at the idea of a black woman being censored somewhere, or or an um, ethnic man not being allowed to wear his, you know, traditional clothing at sure. a company party,
0: transgender, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. But yeah. like,
1: Exactly the same people who will b- become completely incensed and and uh, go to war online over these things, or even protest, will have no qualms about spending amount hours laughing at the people of walmart for instance right but the, they're like not. the the trashy kind of low-class people that wander into the well, no, people of walmart which is actually a website right yeah it is uh, Yeah, which is hilarious it's by cra- the way crazy it's website. crazy and w- hilarious but
0: if you want to know the difference of how far removed you are from people of walmart go check that out
1: yeah well there you go that that's that's an interesting idea how that doesn't occur to them as being offensive or or uh, discriminatory.
3: There are hierarchies in every society and in every group and culture of society. And no matter who you are and no matter how open-minded you are, everybody wants and psychologically needs to feel that they're not the last person on the chain. Right. Right? and there's a lot of stuff that people don't give the right and with good reason don't give themselves the right to say or think and, and okay good but no matter what there will always be someone you laugh at there's gotta always. be almost it's or, or at least someone that you might not laugh at but that you think oh, I'm people. better than them hmm. and yeah. it's, it's like think about it who this wants to TV, live by life thinking that they're the bottom of the bottom rung Right, no one. So everyone will find someone that they think they're better than. Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. But it's. I don't think it's kind of a good thing to indulge in hours and hours of people of Walmart. But I'd be lying if I said I didn't think it was funny sometimes. Fucking crazy, hilarious. Because the clash. It's an
0: interesting pursuit just to understand humanity.
1: Yeah,
3: but I'm sure there's someone out there laughing at me, and that's fine. Like, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. That's
1: the thing. Is that. The, I think that there's been so much abuse of, uh, and harassment and intimidation. People don't know the difference anymore. There's fundamentally almost nothing really harmful about being a little racist and a little sexist and a little whatever with each other and a little classicist or whatever and just kind of saying these things, right? But not putting any real muster behind it. Just, just sort of blurting out these things that seem odd to you because of where you come from and what you've seen and what you know, right? But then either it can be laughed off or the other person might say like, hey, what's wrong with the way I eat? Like it's where I come from or what's wrong with the way, maybe you're a fancy guy or whatever. Everyone has a conversation and laugh and we move on, right? Mm -hmm. But now there's a fear of any sort of conflict um, happening, any sort of uh, conversation or discourse happening because immediately everybody is so worried about the quorum and maintaining some sort of, I think one of your fish just got eaten. But anyway, there's, there's, he's like, he just overheard us, and he's like, you know what? Fuck that fish over there. I don't have to coexist with that guy. Fuck him. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's interesting. It's interesting how
3: you you have to be you have to be careful because decorum fulfills a very it fulfills a very important function in society. It gives you the feeling of safety that makes it possible for you to leave your house in the morning, get onto a metro driven by a guy you've never met, surrounded by people you will never speak to, walk to your Starbucks or whatever, get yourself a coffee made by someone you have no reason to trust, take it to your office, pass the security guard, and sit down and talk to strangers and go with your life. It it, it presupposes a baseline of civility. Right it and it fulfills a very important social function and it's interesting because the notion of that like kind of that type of civility comes around at least in England in the 17th 18th century where the merchant class rises because it becomes important to deal with strangers people that are not part of your tribe so the whole point of that decorum is supposed to be to make it possible to deal with people who don't share Your sense of identity And don't come from your village There's like all right. there's a bottom line Here's how we can interact With one another In a way that Doesn't cross lines Won't piss anybody off And it's important I I, And maybe that's my class Talking But I think it's important That if you walk into a store You should be able to expect That the person behind the counter Is going to go tell you Hey man Your team lost last year You know like Yeah but I'm wearing My Boston Bruins jersey The Montreal Canadiens fan Behind the counter at Starbucks Shouldn't be telling me To F off and I think we all kind of agree that's I, a good that, thing. That's
1: cool, yeah. But I think that that same civility also includes an acknowledgement of differences, rather than a pretend a pretense that that we're all the same, right? Which is what kind of social media is doing. What a lot of the 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 stupid arguments that I see, especially online, yeah. is it wants to it wants to imagine this one tribe, one well, nation, one global kumbaya fucking thing, which is not realistic. No, the,
3: the difference is that. Decorum becomes a matter of identity for certain groups certain upper-middle-class groups Decorum is simply the way in which you engage with the world for everybody else I don't sit at home and go. I'm so good at maintaining decorum in my day-to-day life with people and this defines me as a person I'm just like I'm an alright guy. I don't tell the sure. cashier at the drugstore to go f off and right? Just take taken an extra five minutes, but for people of a certain class they identify with that as a value, right? Like I don't biting your tongue and not just saying inappropriate like when I when I would go to parties with my family when I was a kid, is like my uncle could make jokes about his wife giving him blowjobs and I'm sitting there and I'm like thirteen and it was fine. And that was okay with us and we accepted it was okay. And clearly in an upper class family for the most part, that would not be accepted because Every com all company is mixed company, right? Family gatherings at my house, family is family, and you can tell them anything. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's one thing
1: I love about certain, certain segments of the Quebec population. I always love that. I remember my first Quebecoise girlfriend uh. who was, who was from, the, from the sticks, and she brought me to, to the Christmas party. And I walked in, and, dude, shit got real, real fast. Oh, man. Starting with the... Half naked picture of Bo Derek right in the cloakroom. Like as I'm taking my nice. boots off, there's like a a, a, <laughs> a perky nippled, wet Bo Derek poster right in. The, and it's like this is the grandparents' house, <laughs> and it was all downhill from there. And it was a culture clash for me, but I fucking loved it. But th- this is yeah. what I'm saying: is yes, the decorum is important to keep the fo- social fabric kind of together, but. um Maybe um, an avatar or some or, or a really good representative of someone who has to deal with this every day, would be like a guy working at a convenience store, right? Right? Not in a particularly bad neighborhood, a particularly good one, somewhere downtown. And on any given day, he might get, uh, you know, a panhandler. Uh, he might get a some power broker guy from the the Crystal Towers. He might get a. Tourists, he might get anything, and he just has to kind of punch it up and mm-hmm. sell them whatever it is, right? Well, being a- aware of the fact that there are different classes and acknowledging that that's not a bad thing and being okay with it is what will make you, for instance, uh, not like you know, throw your hands up in the air and like, "What is this?" If some guy comes in and he's swearing, he's like, "Yeah, you know," and he's got this crumpled money and he. He's buying his two cans of beer and he's clearly some guy that's just gonna hang around on the street corner panhandling or whatever. And you're not gonna give that guy a hard time, right? What he's doing is essentially he's crossing many, many lines in what is your background, right? He's being kinda rude, he's being kinda loud, he's holding up the line, he he's being kind of like, you know, disruptive. But you know, that's that's I think decorum is also acknowledgement of difference. I think.
3: I think we're talking about two different things.
1: The the decorum is a
3: certain set of beliefs about what can and cannot be said in certain situations, right? Right. Um someone like that. And listen, I spend my days on the phone talking to people. Okay, I'm judging right. people based on their voice every day. That's super interesting. Okay. And You match their background. You you try to identify with their background, but that's not in the interest of maintaining. You maintain decorum while doing it. Like, I won't suddenly start talking about my genitals while I'm on the phone with a customer. (laughs) But if I'm speaking to Serge Labonte from Chicoutimi about a problem, I'll probably be adopting a very different set of linguistic conventions than if I'm speaking to L'Honorable Jeanne, uh, Dumoulin, you know PhD in Montreal like they speak differently yeah, and you acknowledge and it, whether you or not modes, you want yeah. whether or not you think that's a good thing whether or not that you think that's a marker of class like I'm not judging
1: these people based on class you're clearly but, not but you're acknowledging that there's a difference but
3: I'm acknowledging that they belong to a certain right. group and in order to accomplish my job of making them happy I am Mimicking you're or speaking their language. I'm,
1: I'm chameleoning. Yeah. 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 No, I know exactly what you're right? talking about because right. I've had not, to do that my whole decorum. life. That's not decorum. That's infiltration. No, that is completely decorum. <laughs> that's completely decorum, right? It, it, it's completely like
3: Actually, I, decorum isn't about how you speak. De- decorum is about subject matter. Decorum is about there are certain things that you simply do not say or talk about. Whereas um, what you're referring to is, okay, there are certain ways in which you can speak to people that acknowledge their specific um, cultural or whatever background. Um, that respect like it's possible to respect someone's background and break decorum, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, I recognize that you' are someone, let's say from, uh, hey, Northern, you're you're yeah, you're from Northern Ontario. You speak a certain way. You, have, you seem to have certain beliefs. So I don't break decorum because I don't start talking about my junk. But I <laughs> speak to you in your franco-ontarien kind of slang, and I get into it. But I can also, like, it's also possible for me to stay really, really proper and say things that are improper in that proper tone. Sure. sure. That's I breaking get, no, decorum. I get what you're even saying. Even
0: if I'm speaking like I... You know, have three PhDs. I get what you're saying. The decorum is separate from like mirroring. Yeah, which is what what you're doing. You're speaking to someone in their own language. Yeah, in a
3: way that they recognize as I, you know, like like us as opposed to other, right? Right. You have
0: you have a range. You're not. You're able to speak a bunch of different languages based on what you. You're not the big evil guy. You're
3: kind of like my neighbor down the street. He's a little weird, but he's recognizably one of us.
0: Yeah. Like yeah. Salespeople are very good at mirroring. Yeah. Like they're able to sort of yeah, size you up and sort of talk talk the way that you talk a little bit, you
2: right.
1: know? Yeah, because they have to uh, reach out, and uh, a good salesman anyway have to. And I think a good salesman actually is a good storyteller. That's I've always believed that. I think that's why I was sort of good at sales when I was in that <laughs> field because a You're good... A
0: killer at sales, man. But that's because yeah. I talk to You're people. Killer. He was a killer. I believe it, <laughs> yeah.
1: But I hated it. I hated the fact that I was selling because I didn't respect it. But in fact, I only realized many years later that it was, um, it was actually the fact that I, I communicated with people. And I got them talking and it, we talked. Mm. And <clears throat> I put it to them in a way that, was, that made sense to them. So in that way, I just basically did what I always do is, is I talk to people, right? Mm. But the point is that I, I, I think what I'm really trying to say, maybe decorum, maybe we're not using the right language... I think where a lot of the social justice warrior stuff and a lot of this like um, um, online activism is getting it wrong is it's trying to aspire towards that sort of uh, everyone is the same, we are all one people.
0: I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to stop people from judging things that are not your choice, right? So... What family you were born into, what uh, color you are, gender, uh, you know, gender, religion, whatever, like all the stuff that you didn't choose. But where they get it wrong is by thinking that the people of Walmart chose that. Right. Right. Yeah. And that was born out of their That's a good lot point. in life in the same way as your skin color or any other, you know, so like, that, they, that can, is true. they can check their privilege too. Yeah. you Th- know That
3: is true but we have to be careful not to talk about social class or economic circumstances in the same way that we talk about race like you said if i am born a native canadian or i'm hispanic or whatever i did not choose that this is the way that i look and but if i'm born poor there are things i can do to try to change my set like like if i'm born lower class if i'm born lower class I can I'm not like the the, the danger is the saying that like the evil is judging people that are poor the crime is that there are people that are poor right that's different right it's like being Native American or being African American or whatever is that is a circumstance that is decided by birth and we should be fighting the stigma of that absolutely but saying that the way to fix poverty is not to judge poor people is to miss the point completely. The problem is we need to make poor people not poor. That's right. the solution, as opposed to we don't need to make African Americans not African Americans. We just need to make people accept the fact that African Americans should not be a stigma, should not be whatever. Yeah, shouldn't register. As opposed to that's a oh, well, you know, we shouldn't judge problem. poor people. It's like well, we shouldn't, but not judging poor
1: people doesn't fix the problem. They're still right. poor. That's a conversation. But I mean, been laughing
0: me. at them is a different thing. Yeah. You know,
1: yeah. I I think the reason I feel comfortable laughing at the people at Walmart and stuff like that is because it's far enough from my reality that it's 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 uh, cartoonish.
0: It is. It really is. And because I think that's not our reality here. It's not. No. I mean, if I even was when you go to Walmart here, like <laughs> we yeah. don't have 24 hour Walmarts, first, first of all. all
3: yeah. No. I don't think thing. we
1: don't have the neighbor, the poor neighborhoods in the United States. We have nothing resembling that no. here. Nothing we don't resembling have that.
0: Places where like more than 50% of people are illiterate.
1: Yeah, no. no, that doesn't no. exist here, right?
0: And we should—we're—we're we're lucky that that's the we're case. super
1: fucking lucky, <laughs> absolutely. So I don't think we acknowledge that, and I think there's a large number of illiterate, educated people at the high levels of society in the America's too. Uh, if I think about like the Kardashians and the things like that, a lot of those people, I lead, I read trash celebrity news sometimes. Just I don't even know who these people are, but I'm just curious as to, I think I'm fascinated by the journalism, quote unquote, that 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 the amount. of, of ink that is spilled, electronic ink, that is spilled daily reporting inane, trivial bullshit about people I've never heard of, and I don't think even the journalist who's writing about it has has never heard of those people. And I I look at it, and I see some of these Lamborghini, rap stars, actually a perfect example. Uh, A lot of these guys, I've heard them in interviews. Uh, uh, Floyd Mayweather, uh, a bunch of these guys, right? Uh, Have the exact, they're basically people of Walmart, but with more money. Yeah, w- because they have some sort of skill that's, uh, that's elevated them out of the, the muck. Uh, and they're, of course, Greek Olympic, Olympian gods to the people of Walmart, right? Like they aspire to be the same way that, and I, this is the best explanation of Trump that I've heard, is that he is essentially a, a, a hobo's version of what it's like to be successful.
0: Oh, is that John Mulaney? Uh, is it the John bit? Mulaney? Yeah, yeah.
1: He's basically a, a homeless person's dream an uneducated homeless person's dream of like how did he put it like what were,
0: I'll, when I' when I'm rich I'll have hair made of gold <laughs> and I'll have every building will have my name on it in gold
1: <laughs> right and he's kind of a he's a buffoon right but he's a buffoon to us because if somebody handed you a billion dollars or ten billion dollars tomorrow, I'm sh- certain that first of all, you wouldn't you wouldn't start spray tanning or whatever. Uh, no. And you wouldn't start. You wouldn't go find yourself a twenty uh, year old like like Russian wife who just sort of stares blankly into the camera. Maybe.
2: <laughs> okay, I'll give you that no. one. <laughs> I'll and give who, you that who one. Looks a little like your daughter.
0: No. Yeah. Okay, no. yeah. No. No. Yeah. In, in and in fact, then make Trump like make uh, talk about your
1: daughter's body until talk. T- he does that. <laughs> yeah. Routinely. No. Yeah. He's he's fucking crazy. That's very famous. Quote on how she has a good body that. and uh, how she's like and the if hottest. He w- uh, if
0: he wasn't related to her, that he'd be dating
1: her. He said that. Yeah. You didn't hear that, dude. No. There is nothing that oh. men
0: can say that will
1: surprise me anymore. Like dude. I don't. I don't even blank when I hear that. This probably a resonated with shit. the people of Walmart too. Uh. Unfortunately. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> that that probably pushed his numbers hey, up. Man. But yeah.
0: oh, fucking Trump made it into this podcast. No, but it actually we haven't talked about Kanye.
3: It actually ties into all the class stuff you were talking about. Yeah. Is he a rich lower class person in yeah. terms of but behavior. Not. No, no, but in terms of yes. how people would identify yes, him. Yes. and that's his popularity, is that a lot of he's people? One of us. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's no, one of us. And all we want is more money to do the quote unquote lower class things that we do every day. And not have to worry about paying our bills. And being able to tell our neighbor to fuck off because we don't like him and we have more money than him is our American dream. And so when they hear him run his mouth about how he's going to make it illegal to sue people or like, like, like he can sue, but other people can't sue him or whatever that his weird rules are, Nonsense. that people love it because they're like, that's what I want. That's my dream life. Right. And the people who on the, you know, who, who <laughs> recognize politicians as being upper middle class, like, upper class people because that's what politicians are no matter what their backgrounds are they they learn to speak like people of a certain class those types of people are going to immediately be turned off by this notion of this guy because they're like wait a second the leader of our the free world or whatever if you want to call him that or leader of our country shouldn't sound like the people of walmart he should sound like the people of harvard i think that's where he's going to hit that's either good or bad and you can agree or disagree but that's the model people are saying and despite people saying we are tired of politicians speaking like politicians what richard was saying before is that we nevertheless identify people by their speech patterns what they seem to belong and no one wants to elect the plumber as the president of the united states you want a guy who sounds like a lawyer because you figure
1: that guy because that's what we've been hearing for for exactly. our entire lives
3: and you, you feel that that guy probably knows a little bit more about Balancing budgets and stuff. It's equal to the trust. guy who's in front in line in front of you in Verdun trying to buy his like three inches thick booklet of scratch cards, right? Like in Asless chaps. <laughs> in <assless> chaps. <laughs> like you figure one guy. of those one guy. of these people <laughs> probably
1: would make the better
3: leader. You you know know even what, I if I disagree with their politics. You just made right? me realize
1: something really fundamental that I've I have a prejudice against guys like Trump that I may that's not actually founded. Like yes, there's many, many reasons to th- to dislike him and to think he's a he's a quack, but I feel I realize now that I've been kind of discriminating. Find a hole. hole. Fire I've kind of been discriminating against him because he sounds like a dope, and that's not my class or not what I consider to be an intelligent sounding person, based on the way he talks. Yeah. Although he does say you're not, you're not shit.
3: discriminating against him.
1: Discriminating
3: is making judgments based on preconceived notions. We're judging him based on what he's saying. Unconceived. Yeah. And he's a fucking nut job. Yes. Yeah, if
0: he was saying really intelligent things but just in the wrong way. Then yeah, I'd then, agree yeah. with you. Yeah. But if he's saying he's gonna great create the great wall of Mexico. Right. It doesn't matter how he communicates yeah. that
3: it's he, still he could be speaking in perfect oxfordian english sounding like these guys spent 40 years in school
1: actually that would be more frightening yeah it's still <laughs> dumb can you imagine rocks. if you converted his his yeah. his babble babbling into like uh like a well-structured sentences
0: oh there's there's videos I, I saw oh, yeah the British I, the I British video. There was there was one that like where they redub exactly what he's talking about. They did one in like British English. They did one like <laughs> with like the ultra gay like effect and stuff. It oh, works man. really really well. It is, but the it's British hilarious. accent does
1: apart from it being funny, isn't it more terrifying?
0: Slightly more terrifying. right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: If you instead of saying like I am going to build a wall and this wall will be used to keep out the Mexicans uh, the Mexican indigents and uh, illegal I- aliens are creating a socioeconomic problem. And for this reason, I have decided to undertake a architectural project, which will in fact section off the lower half of the United States and effectively keep out these illegal uh, criminals uh, who are bleeding our country and who are hurting our economic, uh, fa- the fabric of our society. Like If somebody was talking in this educated way, I'd be like, Jesus Christ, that that's that's yeah but it's because that's, you're that's always thinking menacing. in the
3: back of your mind when you hear Trump talk that one day the people listening to him are going to wake up and go wait a second yeah. whereas if you're looking at a let's say put take Obama and the way Obama speaks and make him Trump like make him say the things Trump says then like you said you'd be frightened because you're like this is an educated person sounds like he makes speaking like he in a very it. careful language he sounds like he means it <laughs> yeah saying the most atrocious ass fucking things yeah. he's going to fool everybody whereas you're thinking Donald Trump you're like eventually the bubble's gonna burst but
1: no he's very much like a Michael Bay film or like a Batman vs. Superman (laughs) thing where you're like everyone everyone trounces it and then the next morning you read the you read it and weep as it's made another billion dollars globally fire in the hole
3: that guy man fire in the hole fire in the
0: hole check us out on iTunes uh rate subscribe uh leave us some comments on uh soundcloud
1: yep we're on soundcloud we're on stitcher we're on itunes um spread the word if you like what we're doing um let us know if you have thoughts about the show and uh, you know send us messages if you want to be part of the show and if you think you have something cool to contribute
0: fire in the whole podcast at gmail.com
1: there you go so fire fire in the whole podcast on itunes on stitcher on soundcloud check it out and thank you for listening Thanks very much, guys.